right, Leadheads, welcome back to the Talking Lead Show. This is episode 218. How do you say that in Spanish, Chad? Dos uno um, ochos? Yep. <laughs> is, that, is that how that would work? That's exactly how you say it. And that was a proper accent and everything. Thanks, man. I've been working on my inflections. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to be... You're to such be a man of the world. Sensitive to uh, other cultures. So. <laughs> With my southern twang accent, you know, I know it's tough for some people to understand. <laughs> but we are back, Leadheads, uh, with another episode of Talking Lead. And I uh, hope you caught last week's episode, episode 217, uh, where we uh, were wrapping up. Well, we weren't wrapping up. We're going to wrap up our interviews with Fleo this week. Uh, but we had some more interviews uh, from that event. Uh, and then this week, we're going to continue those uh, and wrap up our interviews with that because we are headed to down to Florida, down to Chad. This is Chad. I didn't introduce you to Chad Enos with Caltech is joining us today. I'm sure everybody, everybody recognizes the voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm headed down to Florida and uh, our good buddy, Bill Hampstead with Leoa is flying in and he's going to go on that trip with me. We're going to take the lead sled, put some more mileage on that beast. It's, <laughs> Got over three hundred seven thousand miles on it right now. Wow! Trucking along. What kind of vehicle is that? It's a ninety-eight or ninety-seven Yukon. One of those. Yeah, units. you need to you need to get with GMC, man. And let them know what you got going on with that thing. Let them know what I got going on. Well, yeah. I don't want to hex it, but I am in talks with uh, a company right now, so there there could be a, n- a new lead sled uh, in the near future. A Prius? You got a Prius? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Actually, it's one of those little cars that look just looks like a head. It's like a catfish head. <laughs> I don't know what are those called. Fiesta. You got to get the wiener, the wiener mobile. Are you talking about a, a, a smart car? Yeah, a little smart car. They're just big enough for like two people. It looks like or a not so, not so smart car. The not so smart. Yeah. The, yeah. the stupid car because you're going to die because it's so much. small. Cross your fingers, lead heads. We're working on something uh, for a new lead sled, but uh, I'll keep this one until the wheels fall off of it, man. I've loved this thing. It's been my baby for, oh gosh, I bought it probably when it was like two or three years old. And, oh, wow. Uh, it only had like 3,000 miles on it. I had, cool a, I had an Xterra. I bought, I bought the Nissan Xterra when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love that Xterra. And, uh, we were driving down, I, we were driving. I, I remember that thing. The Xterra. Yeah. Oh man. That was back in, geez, two, early 2000s when those came out. How long did you drive that? 99, out? something like that. Well, I didn't drive it long because the, oh. what happened was we were in Nashville driving one day. Um, actually I just went to the airport to pick somebody up that day too, which I'm getting ready to do today. Cross my fingers. But, uh. They were doing a lot of construction, and we were getting off. I think it was Demumbrium Street, and um, there were cones set up. And this lady was over to the right of us, and she panicked because it was forcing her to exit. I guess she didn't want to exit, so she just uh-huh. swerved left and rammed us right in the side and knocked us into the guardrail. Oh, one of those drivers that just wants to go wherever they want. <laughs> right. Don't <laughs> mind those lines and stuff and signs, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, there's construction going on everywhere. Just uh, drive at your leisure. 
And she, <laughs> she plowed us into the guardrail, totaled the Xterra. Oh, man. Um, uh, my wife at the time, I was married at the time, uh, the, the airbags deployed and her airbag had her face imprint on it, you know, because of the makeup. You could see, <laughs> you could see the, the masks the, come off <laughs> the face imprint, uh, from her makeup. You see the eyes, you see the nose and her mouth. Are you married to a clown? <laughs> no, just women have the makeup. You know, those airbags come out so hot. Yeah. I mean, they're hot. There's heat on there when mm-hmm. they come out and they burn you. And, just... uh, we kept that, that airbag. It had her face imprint and it looked funny because it like one of those sex dolls because her mouth was open. I guess she was saying, Oh shit <laughs> at the time. That's funny. But she was a science teacher. So she took it and used it as like a, a, um, educational tool when she would teach classes like you know, for, um, what's it called? How to get your face on an airbag? Physics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess physics. But anyway, uh, enough about that. We've got a awesome show coming up. We're going to be talking about uh, cool clothing for operators. I wonder what that could be. We're going to be talking about... Like phone, op- phone operators? Uh, phone operators, yeah. You know, okay. they, they need cool clothes while they're sitting there talking to people. You know, they got to look, look their best. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to have some financial advisors on, believe it or not, but they've got some cool stories. Uh, one, I like it. One of I them, need that. One of them used to work for uh, one of the companies that makes Gatling guns for A-10 Warthogs. Wow. So he's got some good stories about that. And then... Uh-huh. Another guy, he's a avid big game hunter. So he goes to Florida. Florida. <laughs> he goes to Africa. <laughs> I was going to say. Y'all got big game uh, down there in Florida too, though, right? The only big game here is usually coming out of bars at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he's a big game hunter in Africa, and he's got some uh, awesome stories from his uh, trips when he goes to Africa. And then we've got the guys from First Tactical, John and David. Awesome. Uh, and they're going to talk about, it's a fairly new company, but they have got not, a lot of product. They might be new, but they're first. They're first. Not, that's right. They're not second tactical. And then Ron Carson with a Cool Action Suit Company. Cool uh, Action Suit. Yes. And they're Sounds phenomenal. Sounds like something out of Zoolander. Zoolander? <laughs> How did you know about that? What? Zoolander. There's a reference to Zoolander in this week's show. Oh. Well, You're psychic, dude. Uh, I'm something. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. That's funny. No, we actually have a reference to Zoolander uh, in this week's episode. So. In Mugatu. That's their first <laughs> their first skew. I love Mugatu. <laughs> it's a great movie. So, but before we get into that... Um, I actually had a pre-show already recorded, but I wanted to re- redo it because of the events that happened uh, that we found out when we woke up this morning. There's been yes. tra- tragedy happened in Las Vegas uh, over the night, and uh, I just briefly wanted to to touch on this because I know what's going to happen. It's going to be Chad. This is going to be twenty times worse than um, Colin, not Columbine, but the uh, What's the other one, the school shooting? 
that happened. Our first episode of Talking Lead, it just happened. The uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Newtown. Newtown, yes. Newtown. It's going to be 20 times worse as far as the media's reaction, the gun grabber's reaction, the mass hysteria of uh, consumers going out and just buying all the ammo, buying all the guns, in yeah. my opinion. You know, again, like you and I said, we're going to try not to speculate on this because, it, you know, everything's new. They're still gathering data. Keyword is try, but yeah. Yeah. But that's what the media is going to do right now. They're going to speculate. They're going to start. Of course. They're going to get bits and pieces of facts, and they're just going to start building stories around that. And, yeah. And you're going to see that those stories are going to change as more and more facts come in. Yeah. And um, they're going to, and by change, they're just going to get more and more manipulated. Right. To, <laughs> to fit their agendas. You know, right. Which, they, never, they never change for the better. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be stories blaming this on Trump. There's going to be stories... Uh, you know, type of weapons that were used, the reasons why he was doing it. Uh, but give it time and the truth will come out. Um, mm -hmm. A good source that we have, which, you know, we're going to try to do a full show on this uh, as the as more and more facts come out. But as you know, I'm getting ready to head down to Florida, down to mm -hmm. down to Caltech's neck of the woods. We're going down to Big Three <laughs> East. And then we're headed back up to Georgia, and we're going to join Caltech at the IRAC Vet uh, annual YouTube shoot. Yes. It's going to be, yeah. going to be a good time, but you know, just point in case, don't let your lives, don't let this ru rule your lives. This incident, live exactly. your lives normal. Uh, you know, as you always have day to day, don't be afraid to go to the store. Don't be afraid to go to your concerts. Uh, don't be afraid to go to your ball games because that's yep. what, that's what they're trying to do is build fear and distract you from your normal day-to-day -day lives. That's right. And although in this case, there's not really a whole lot uh, any of us could do if we were at that concert um, oh, nothing. to handle this situation. However, in your everyday life, when you do go out, just make sure you're armed. Make sure you're legally armed uh, to protect yourself and uh, those around you because there are situations. In fact, almost all of the other mass shootings we've seen in recent history could have been stopped by you know, a good guy with a gun. So right. always carry and in, in this case, uh, I think it's Vegas is a carry state, right? Yeah, their their laws are pretty good. Yeah, <clears throat> they're pretty good. But casinos, they're prohibited. No. Concerts like this, they're prohibited. That's and right. again, I don't think anybody armed at this concert could have made a difference in into what happened because this guy was thirty two stories high, you know, at the Bellagio Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just appears that it's premeditated. So, yeah, I mean, it, this is a fact that having those firearms in that room or even at the in the lobby of the hotel to get them to the room and the ammunition is against hotel policy. And it may be even against the law in Las Vegas. I don't know the it laws is. there, but I, I yeah, I assume that you can't have a firearm in a casino. It's like right. having one in a bar, you know. Right. But I don't know that the hotel is considered the casino, so that could be two separate. You know, they might consider them two separate. Well, I, I know that when we go to SHOT Show, and if I have my rifle case with me, they mm -hmm. won't allow me to take it to the room. I have to have to go take it to the vault. Oh, okay. So Yeah, and probably for this very reason. Right, exactly. So, so what I'm hearing right now is that maybe this guy has been there for several days and accumulating the weapons while he was there. Right. But again, the speculation, I don't know. Well, yeah. to get... To get 10 long guns into a hotel room, like I said, I mean, you know, we go to SHOT Show every year, 
And uh, I do bring firearms for the range day, uh, which is pre-show. So we have the, the media day before the show. Right. And um, some of those firearms, I, I like to show off in the booth. So what we do is we pull the firing pins out of them and we put them in the case out at media day. And then I bring them back to the hotel in my, in my rifle case. And my rifle case is pretty substantial size case. And um, I can get th probably three long guns in there and maybe three or four handguns in there. And then by that point, it's almost too heavy to even carry it. Right. So they confirmed they did have at least 10 rifles. And so in order for him to get 10 rifles up to that hotel room, that was multiple trips. And yeah, probably yeah. he had those. He didn't have them, obviously, in a rifle case because they're really good at stopping people, um, uh, you know, when they see that kind of thing. So right. he had them in some some sort of luggage that, you know, didn't didn't catch anybody's attention. So he had them broken down or, or something. Again, we don't know what kind of rifles that he had. Um, but from the audio from this thing, the videos that have been posted. I don't think there's any doubt that he had a fully automatic something. Well, if it was, if it was actual full auto, um, to me, it definitely didn't sound like something two, two, three. It sounded something heavier. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very slow rate of fire. Um, so if his actual uh, full auto sear in the videos that I heard, um, that may have been, um, and again, you know, this is speculation, but it may have been, um, like a bump fire type trigger or bump fire stock um, because they tend to have a slower, slower rate of fire. But like I said, if it was actual full auto sear uh, to me, it almost sounded like uh, something along the lines of a, an AK, um, mm -hmm. an AK variant. Interesting. Um, or, yeah. Or maybe even like a, uh, an older, uh, you know, uh, surplus machine gun or something like that. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting that you bring up the bump fire. Um, I didn't even thought about that, but yeah, that, that actually could be plausible. Yeah, yeah. Good point. See again. I mean, and the hashtag badassiness, Chad, <laughs> bringing the perspectives that you know not as normal just, people would think about. I also took a, a look at the distance uh, from the third thirty-second floor to the actual music venue, and it's quite a ways. It's not something that was right below his room. Yeah, it was across the strip, and it was also diagonal. And um, I, I mean, I have no idea of judging how far it was, but um, from what I can see, um, if it were a two-two-three, um, you know, two-two-three, like an AR-15 uh, type type rifle, because mm -hmm. um, there's a b bunch of different variants. That's always the one that gets attacked, of course. But um, yeah. that would just, you know, I'm not too sure about the uh, like a bullet. A bullet traveling that distance. Um, I mean, he, he the guy killed fifty people, you know, and um, we don't know how many he actually injured uh, with it's up to rounds. Over four hundred right now is what it says. But again, yeah, well, that could be people getting trampled and exactly that. And that's and that's everybody that's that went to talk to EMS and reported any, any sort of an injury, concussion, could be anything. So it doesn't mean those people were actually hit. Um, let's hope that's the case because um, nobody, you know, we, we really don't want to hear about any more people dying in the hospital from gunshot wounds. Um, 50s, you know, one's too many, yeah, but, yeah. you know, so anyway, but yeah, as far as like caliber and things like that and, and what was used, that's, that's all going to be complete speculation until that. Well, I've heard, I've heard uh, from a couple of sources on the news that I've been listening to th 300 plus yards at least. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so, it looked it looked like a pretty pretty good distance. Yeah, but again, um, at that at that height, you know, just you know, just spraying them out there, you know, letting yeah, them fall could, where they where they lay. Yeah, and you could tell that's exactly what he was doing because what you're hearing mostly 
or you're hearing two sounds in the video. You're hearing bullet crack, um, which is that real thin, high-pitched noise, and then that low, muffled kind of shot. That's the muzzle blast. Um, yeah. So you can hear those high. You can hear the muzzle blast is steady. It's the same sound, but that high-pitched pop, which is the bullet crack going through the air, um, those round, you can hear it moving. So it's kind of going away, and then it's coming back, which means he was panning back and forth with the muzzle, just spraying and praying pretty much. Yeah, he was just fanning it. Well, I should say spraying. I doubt he was praying. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, I mean, again, the motives are unclear. It's under investigation. Not going to speculate. But uh, they did, I guess they have confirmed that the guy was a 64-year-old white male. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, they've got a name. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, don't want to give him any kind of coverage at all. But uh, they have identified the shooter, and supposedly he took his own life before. And, again, the SWAT, you know, the police there, and, and them being – if you've ever never been to Vegas, I mean, it's just pandemonium anyway. You know? Always. And to be able to figure out that quick where those shots were coming from, uh, to me, was amazing. Yeah. I would imagine that the people on either side of him in his hotel and, you know, above him and below him probably reported that uh, immediately. Yeah. I would have, you know, I mean, I would. I think <laughs> I so. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm sure that probably had a lot to do with the the rapid response that they had. Yeah. Uh, because with 10 guns, I mean, we don't know how much, how much ammo he had or, you know, what, what the guns were could have right. been a whole lot of explosives. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't know if he had any explosives at this point. There's not been any reports of that. I heard a report that he was monitoring, um, the, uh, the security, like he had his own, like, they make, they're making it sound like, and of course the media, they're making it sound like he was tapped into the security cameras at the hotel. Um, oh. But I was talking to Matt about this because the the responding law enforcement said that he was monitoring their moves. So what that tells me is he set a camera up outside his room and was looking at his cell phone. I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. what he was up to because um, even just, he was at the hotel for, f- I think, four days. Uh, I seriously doubt in four days he could get past the security enough to get into their actual, you know, um, surveillance cameras at the hotel. So I think he probably just had something set up down the hallway. So he knew how much time he had, you know, before he had to off himself. So, yeah. And just seeing if anybody's being nosy outside his room while he was getting everything set up. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously he knew they were going to show up. And so when he started firing, he was probably monitoring the, the SWAT team coming down the hallway and, Oh yeah, I'm just talking about the days that he was there prior to getting set up. He probably had that out there too to make sure, you know, the yeah, maids and people weren't coming in the room. It's possible. Yep. Again, speculation. Um, yeah, but well, yeah, this it's confirmed that he had some sort of surveil his own surveillance going on. So. Yeah. But um, just I mean, this is tragic. Obviously. Um, my whole point in getting Chad on and just wanted to address this uh, a little bit ahead of time again is, uh, you know, don't fall into that, that media trap where they're going in and they're, they are speculating. I mean, they are speculating. They've got agendas, you know, that they want to, to pull you into. So don't, you know, don't fall into those. Take all the facts, come up with yeah. your own, you know, yeah. synopsis. Critically think about this. 
Yeah. And on the other side of that, I mean, you know, we always assume liberal media is, is what we're talking about here. No, but right. I, I'd right also like too. to, absolutely. I'd like to address, you know, the conspiracy theorists and stuff. Just shut up. Just stop, <laughs> yeah. you know, just stop already because it's already difficult enough for these people to, to, to do their job. And especially when it comes to law enforcement, making their community feel safe, you know, like we don't need you guys like coming up with all these stupid conspiracy theories about, you know, you know, this guy's like a, converted muslim i've already seen that the guys that converted to islam or something like that so just give me a break you have no idea if the guy converted to islam or any other religion for that matter and you have yeah. no idea what his motives are so just stop exactly yeah. yeah and and they're out there too i mean there's there's people on both sides of it you got the left and the right they're going to be putting their own spin on this because they both you know everybody's got agendas yep uh, other Absolutely. than other than us yeah <laughs> our agenda is just to try to uh you know Make I, can I can guarantee you one thing about that guy, um, and it's not speculation. And the fact that he's mentally um, ill, he, yeah, he was mentally ill, and and that goes for any that goes for terrorists abroad. Doesn't matter, you know, what country they're in or what religion, you know, um, they follow, um, or if they don't follow any religion at all, and yeah. doesn't matter where they are and what ground they're on. You know, you open fire on people, there's something wrong with you. Innocent. Yeah, civilians, there's definitely something mentally wrong with you. That's right. Whether you've got so a, they, a brain defect or you've been yeah. brainwashed. I've already heard domestic terrorism and all this other stuff. It's not domestic terrorism. The guy's a the guy was a murdering criminal. You know? Like that's that's right. the bottom line. That's it. He got him he's the guy was mental. Criminal. <laughs> Everything that he's done so far, more than likely, is illegal. Uh, I've heard a couple of reports, uh, Tom Brokaw even said this. He said it's illegal to own fully automatic weapons. Civilians are not allowed to. Well, that's wrong. That is wrong. That is, that is completely false. It, it is legal if you go through the proper channels to be able to legally own a fully automatic firearm. That's right. But the way that he used it was criminal and illegal. Well, yeah, I mean, so you know that's uh, – a, a total, you know, it's a lie because it doesn't take much to, to, I mean, you could, anybody could Google that in like 20 seconds to yeah. find out that you get a class three license to own fully auto, fully automatic stuff, you know, same with suppressors, SBRs, all that stuff. They're not illegal. So, you know, that Tom Brokaw and his, those news people out there are just throwing that, you know, they're throwing it out there to give uh, the perception that anybody that has a full auto, you know, and I guarantee they're going to fall into the whole military style rifle is a felon or a criminal or whatever. So they're just painting a broad picture of gun owners. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's doing. But at the same time, he was trying to paint himself as an expert. A, well, not only that, but a gun enthusiast. Cause he was oh, like, really? you know, I grew up in wherever he grew up, Utah or Colorado or something like that. He said, you know, and my dad would take me out shooting and hunting, you know, but he taught me the, you know, the safety and the proper use of, you know this, so he was he was trying to paint himself as a gun enthusiast at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so what that what do you, what I think what they're probably trying to do there and those that might that may be true. Who knows? But um, I know that what the media does when they do stuff like that is try to manipulate um, the the masses into thinking that you know even us gun owners want common sense quote common sense gun control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's probably where that's, uh, that's where he's going with that. That's exactly his angle with that. He's saying, look, I'm on your side, 
But at the same time, but we need to do something about do this. Do something right? about this. Yeah, we, there's yeah. got to be something we got to you know that needs to be done. Well, everything that this what? guy has done so far has been illegal. There are already laws in place. You know, to you can't. <laughs> yeah, and we we say it a million times. You, you can't you can't legislate crime away. No, you, you, you can't. can't. Like there's speed limit signs all across the United States. Everyone speeds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's against the law. It, it's illegal to run over somebody with your vehicle. That's right. against the law. And I, I almost got run over uh, Wednesday morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Were you at Some, a, a protest? No, I was uh, <laughs> I was parked at a – well, not parked, but I was stopped at a light, and some guy was speeding down my street and freaking totaled my truck, ran right into me. Oh, are you serious? You got yeah. hit? Yeah. You all right, man? Yeah, just a little – my back's a little messed up, but I'll be all right. Yeah, it hit me going 40-something miles an hour. I got a great masseuse here in Murfreesboro. You need to come up. And uh, I've had I've had hip problems so, for, I don't know, months. And I went and got a massage from this chick, and it all went away, except it all went up into my neck now. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to have to rub your neck and push it all back down. Right, just push it out. I don't know. She, I mean, she was working it. She got it, she got it out of the hip, but uh, it's displaced, I guess. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, so our point, you know, with this is, you know, don't jump on the bandwagon. You know, these initial reports, just, you know, take it in a little bit at a time and then, you know, start forming your own opinion. Critically think, look at the different sources, you know, watch CNN, watch Fox, you know, yeah. watch all the different the news channels, the different sides. Yeah. Because everybody's going to have a little different take on it. And yeah, then, of and course, the, listen to Talking Lead. Absolutely. Yeah, the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, um, it's it's a it's complete, you know, it's another terrible tragedy, you know. And, and unfortunately, this is becoming, and you know, the media is obviously takes a, is a huge part of this, but it's just become entertainment anymore, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, it's like everyone's clamoring to this thing. Well, that was because. another thing that I take issue with is that they, they are making this sound like this is just common now. This is every day. We, sh- you know, we should expect this. They're just, they're automatically, right. um, giving into that. I, I yeah, heard you, that you, on several of the newscasts. They're like, Oh, well, unfortunately, you know, this is just our you know, way of life now. This happens every day. Mass shootings happen every day now. They do. <laughs> well, according to them. <laughs> if there's more than four victims, I think is what it is, is what constitutes, you know, the definition of a mass shooting. Yeah. Well, you and know, we're going to, we go, we're going to go back to the same argument that, you know, this happens every day. It does happen every day in Chicago, but it's, nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares about that. Right. You know, and Baltimore and, and DC uh, parts of Miami and DC. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that's mostly uh gang affiliated, gang related or whatever. But, you know, last time I checked gang members and the people that they shoot are still people. Right. Um, but they don't cover that. They don't cover cancer. They don't cover death by motor vehicle or smoking or any of those other things. Like anytime it's a firearm, it's newsworthy and it's newsworthy for months, actually years. This will be, this will be years. This one will be yeah. years. Yep. And I just, I cringe to think the aftermath of this. So that's why, uh, we as Second Amendment proponents, you know, have to get on top of this right now. You know, contact your local, your state and uh, yes, federal, right. 
senators. Yeah, all, go yeah, ahead. Start locally and go all the way up. Start yeah. locally, yeah, and go all the way up and say, look, you know, you guys can't give in to this. You can't cave. You got to stand your ground. Uh, laws are in place already. If there was more enforcement of these laws, then everybody would be a lot better off. But again, you can't. This is something that can't could not have been prevented. I mean, there are so many different factors that. Well, obviously, it couldn't be prevented with laws. Right. You know? Like, you, like you mentioned at the all top the laws were in place that would that should have prevented this already. That's right. Yeah. The, the security yeah. at the hotel, you know, was in place. The just it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, even at the concert, they were patting people down, making sure nobody was, you know, armed sure. there. So yeah. So basically, this is another incident of just people unarmed people sitting in a fishbowl. And like I said, you know, in the beginning, like there's there's nothing that anybody at that concert could do unless you just so happen to bring your seven hundred to the concert, <laughs> you know, for counter sniper stuff. But right. You know, so it's it's silly to think that anybody could have returned fire from that. Even law enforcement from their advantage from their vantage point down there. I mean, that would just you can't lay suppressive fire on a hotel. You know, I'm sorry, but this, we're not in you know, Afghanistan, yeah. so there's nothing anybody could do about that. Um, what you're going to see is a lot of hindsight, right? What shoulda, what shoulda, coulda have happened. Yeah, that's what but you're going to see right now. A lot of hindsight. The problem is you would think in, in Vegas, you know, and, and it, this kind of goes back to some, a little bit goes back to, you know, law enforcement budgets and, and things of that nature. Like we really need to have, especially in, in cities like this in particular, you know, in Vegas in particular, where they've got counter sniper teams for events like this, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I think I saw one of your friends mentioned something about that, but I've always thought that. I mean, they do it in sporting events all the time, you know, or if yeah. dignitaries are coming through town, like they do all that stuff. And I don't, I don't see why these people, you know, are lacking any sort of protection. Would it have stopped that guy from doing that? Um, probably not, but at least they'd have some guys returning fire really quickly. And it may have made, you know, think twice or go ahead and take himself out. Or even you know, the sooner. people, even the people in the hotel, Chad, uh, that were adjacent to him that heard this. I mean, if they were armed, that could have made a difference. Yeah. But, Again, you know, if they were armed, they would be illegally armed. <laughs> well, you know, again, so. I'm saying if if their you know rules and laws were different you know, as far as these gun free zones, mm -hmm. then uh, could have yeah, been it's true. But I mean, what you know, even hotel security may have been able to respond faster. I, you know, you're right. There's You're a lot speculating. Of, yeah. Well, there's a lot of what ifs and a lot of things. You know, but those are all things that you know they're legitimate um, ideas or legitimate. Uh, concerns that you know, law enforcement, and I'm sure hotel uh, security staff—they're all—they're gonna have to look at all that stuff. Well, I can you tell know. you, one good thing that's gonna come out of this is that's—it's gonna force them to reevaluate their, you know, their security measures and how they will deal Absol with will deal with the uh, their security in the in the future. So absolutely, and if and it always it always yeah. goes back to if you're not gonna let if you're not let the people protect themselves, then you need to offer them protection. That's what we do with our our politicians exactly and uh and, 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 yeah celebrities so, exactly yeah anyway it's super sad and uh all of us here at caltech are taken aback by this and our hearts definitely go out to you know all the victims uh, families and yeah. stuff and i think really what you're going to see is that this is uh, i mean it happened in vegas but this is a, a nationwide event because i guarantee you people came from all over the nation that were at that that concert uh, yeah well, absolutely. probably the world probably the world yeah yeah, there was a lot of people there, and it's Vegas, so you know it's a melting pot. So, yeah, yeah. it's just it's very very unfortunate, and uh, it kind of 
it hurts, you know, and uh, not just from a Second Amendment perspective. I mean, the priority is just people were killed. F- over 50 people were killed yeah. and a lot more injured. And, and we really, you know, we're just praying that nobody else dies in the hospital room. Um, our hearts really just got to those so, people. I just can't, I can't imagine if my kid was at that concert, you know, she loves country music and. Oh, yeah. You uh, know. Tia, I mean, she's huge into country music. This would have been something she'd have been all about, you know, doing her and her daughter. Yeah. So need, one thing that people can this. do, Chad, and this is something that we talked about in uh, last episode with our interviews, and this episode we touch on it also, is, again, the likelihood that you're going to need medical skills versus, versus your handgun skills. And this is one of the instances far outweigh get your medical training, learn That's how right. to treat wounds and, you know, carry your, your medical supplies with you. They're are nice compact, you know, you can carry on your ankle now that, um, you know, you could save somebody's life for That's right. just You're such an incident right. that happened here. And even, um, I mean, there's, you know, there's uh, makeshift ways to pack wounds and what you don't have to necessarily have a medical kit on you, you know, it'd be great if you to got the something skills ready. to know how to do it. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and the other thing to look at too is, um, um, you know, unless you're uh, disabled, you know, keep yourself in decent shape. You know, you may have to pull somebody out of something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody next yeah. to you goes down, you might have to throw that person over your shoulder, get them out of there. Yeah. Or at least drag them. You know, you got to drag know, them. Strong exactly. To drag them. I mean, that that's better yeah. than, than nothing. Definitely. Be a leader in situations like that too. So you can delegate things, you know, like know where it covers at. force people to go to, to run where there's, particular cover i saw all these people running across a wide open field the guy was shooting in and there's cover all around them there were places they could just ditch to that was 10 yards away as opposed to 200 yards away so you know be be a person that's mindful of things like that when you're out in public yeah and you do that with training so you have to train you just don't pick these up by watching youtube videos or listening to us talk you've got to take the courses and I'm sure that everybody that's listening, there's some some place in their area that offers some sort of first aid medical training. Uh, I know Absolutely. here here in Murfreesboro, there are uh, several places on target. The range there, they're they're starting to offer first aid medical uh, classes to the public, so you guys can yep. go there. Um, you know, there's training facilities, Camden, you know, in Camden, Tennessee, James Yeager, you know, they offer uh, courses. Uh, Rob Pincus. Um, is, is tied in with the PDN network there, uh, all kinds of different uh, sources there. It's there. It's easy to find. Just it is. And you'd Google be, and, you, and it's not complicated, guys. Like, it, you'd be shocked at what just simple life saving uh, CPR can do. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the basics. You, you, you wouldn't believe um, how many lives are saved by that stuff. You know, like I've talked to combat veterans, you know, from, you know, seventh group, Delta guys, you know, that, you know, to save a, a buddy's life that's been hit, I mean, just freaking pack the wound. Pack it. Stop the bleeding. That's yeah, the number yeah. one thing is to stop bleeding. They fill it with dirt. You know, pack it with mud, whatever they can, you know, they've got handy. Rip your, rip your T-shirt, you know, whatever you got. Exactly. Just just stop that bleeding. And, and then, like I said, be able to delegate to people. You come here, grab his feet, you know, it's, you know, whatever it takes. But yeah. you just got to be able to have that mindset. And like you said, taking those training classes really puts you in, it gives you that perspective and puts you in that mindset. And it's not, these aren't difficult things to learn. So don't be scared by that part of it. Just be open-minded and go in there and take some classes. Absolutely. And I want to get it back on the uh, physical fitness uh, training there. It looks like Caltech may have opened up a gym or something there. I mean, you guys are buff. Look at Matt over there, man. Look at the guns. <laughs> They're working out. Yeah, look at him, baby. <laughs> 
I'll I'll tell the cannons there. Chad, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've been hitting it uh, quite a while now. I've seen uh, some pictures of you on there. What are you, uh, you doing uh, competitions now? No, I had a little bit, yeah. Do they yeah. do bodybuilding competitions at three guns now? Is that part of the three gun? It's, uh, it's, it's, um, um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, is that physique, physique, uh, bikini modeling? You know, I've been, I'm working on that a little bit. Physique modeling? Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, y'all no, are looking good though, man. I can tell. I can tell y'all been hitting it. I've been out of the gym for a while, um, but starting back, actually starting back today, and then uh, starting That's, Wednesday, I think I'm going to do this. Uh, it's not CrossFit, so don't don't start hurting. You know, hate, <laughs> but it's a it's Wait, like a, Garcia's not got you into that. No, no. <laughs> you know he's like but, uh, nationally ranked now in CrossFitters. Did he tell you that? He told me that. Yeah, he told you that. <laughs> yeah, but he was like, you know, 3,000-something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's doing good, man. He looks good. He's, I'm you know, I'm glad he's uh, glad he's doing that. He, You know, he used to be a power lifter. That's where he started a long time ago. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah he used to be one of those freaking guys that would hoist up a lot of weight. Okay, I didn't know that about him. Back, back in his day when he was uh, – yeah, I've seen pictures of him when he was a county sheriff. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was big. He was a he big dude back up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So what it's is it lot. you're doing? It's not cross training. So what is it? No, it's it's. I guess it's the only reason I say CrossFit is the only thing I know that's you know like there's CrossFit and there's bodybuilding. Those seem to be yeah. the only two two schools. But I know there's a lot of other stuff out there. But um, so it's I guess it's kind of like tough mudder stuff without the mud. You know, <laughs> like it's like indoor tough mudder. I don't know. But so you yeah, like obstacle like courses of, and stuff. Yeah, like obstacle stuff and a lot of um, body weight. Um, you know, just tons of cardio, basically. I think that's CrossFit. I think that's what that is. Yeah, <laughs> CrossFit. Everybody know that does CrossFit ends up quitting because they they injure themselves. You know, and like it just doesn't. doesn't that's seem like because they're doing like six thousand reps. <laughs> yeah, you're not meant to do that. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. Well, I just got back myself about uh, I don't know a week week and a half ago. I've been I took about three months off, dude. I was getting portly. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was getting chunky, so you got a sunburn. Where'd that come from? Uh, I think that's just my blood pressure from where I've been fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's nice. what it is. Um, but yeah, so I'm back in and uh, getting back yep. on my normal routine. Uh, I had to take off because my hip. My hip was just jacked up. It was killing me. So I had to I had to let it heal. I mean, I know I took that uh, that strength training with uh, Matt Reynolds, former strongman. And he's like, you know, you got to work through the injuries, but dude, I couldn't move. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I had to let it heal. uh, Got better, and I'm back in it now, and feeling feeling good. Good man, feeling good. I'm also uh, feeling really good. Do you guys want to? You guys want to make the announcement now? You want to drop the bomb on everybody? Absolutely. All right, drum roll. Uh, we were talking Shot Show earlier, and uh, we've got big news for for Shot Show. You guys want to drop the bomb? Yeah, let's do it. So we have in our booth, drum roll, <laughs> <laughs> talking lead. Going to be in the in the booth for the whole show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Keltec is the official lead quarters for Talking Lead during the 2018 Shot Show. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's awesome. 
It is going to be awesome. We're going to have just, you, you guys are going to have to tune into all these shows because uh, we're going to have some amazing people come by the booth to, to do some interviews. There'll be a lot of, a lot of uh, shenanigans, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll but there's going to be a lot of, a lot of great information uh, about the industry out there in every aspect. So it'll be great. We got four, gonna, four solid days of it. And we're going to be bringing it to you from Talking Lead. We're going to even try to do some live shows. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I say that every time I go somewhere, but uh, I'll have some extra hands on deck this time, That's right. so we're yep. going to make it happen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Very good. So, uh, looking forward to that. That's coming up January. SHOT Show this year will be, or sorry, next year, will be January 23rd through 26th. 23rd through the 26th. And of course, as always, we're there a few days earlier. We've got the Antirus Alliance Try and Buy event. Uh, that Sunday that we're going to be covering, and Very then cool. and then the Shot Show Range Day, uh, we're going to be there for that as well on that Monday. So that's good, always fun. Good stuff to look forward to. Yeah. So guys, we're going to get into this week's episode now. But first, we want to thank all our sponsors. Right on USA, the official optics of Talking Lead. Make sure you guys check them out at RightOnUSA.com. Spell that. R I T O N. USA.com, baby. Um, nice. They've got the full line of optics. Uh, if you're looking for binoculars, these are some of the uh, best binoculars I've ever laid eyes on, pun intended. Uh, 10X, <laughs> crystal clear. Uh, I've been using them for my, um, my spotting scope, which they are coming out with. They just haven't come out with their spotting scopes yet. Uh, they've got the rifle scopes, uh, anywhere from your, you know, your one to, to fours, the one to sixes, all the way up to a five by 25 that I've been using on the uh, 308. I've been doing some precision shooting with that. Took it out again this week and, uh, I've been, uh, about 320 out of my farm out of the, uh, the talking lead ranch. That's about as far out as I can go there, but I uh, went to a place called white feather precision shooting this week also, Chad. And uh, that's down in Ardmore, Tennessee. They've got a thousand yard uh, range set up. White, say it again. White, what? white feather precision shooting. Check white them feather out. Precision shooting. That sounds pretty cool. It is a uh, high tech, state of the art shooting facility that uh, you're really going to like it. So we may be doing some things with those guys in the future. Yeah, let's do that. X Steel Target. X Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today. Check them out at xsteeltargets.com. Bud Sanson over there, they've got a great line. Whether you're a com competitive shooter, you're law enforcement, military, you know, or just recreational shooter, they've got a target to fit your need. Hunters, you know, they've got game targets. And uh, if they don't have a target that fits your needs, they can custom make them. So give them a call. Shoot them an email over at xsteeltargets.com. Frontier Tactical. The developers of the Warlock multi-caliber system, so you can convert your AR-15 into a system that can shoot up to 90 different calibers using their Warlock adapter system. Wow. And And oh, by the way, uh, they just started their own line of AR-15s, the FT series, that comes standard with that Warlock system on it. So right out of the box, you'll be able to shoot up to 90 different calibers. FrontierTactical.com. Modern Spartan Systems. Optimize your firearms with Modern Spartan Systems line of gun cleaners, gun lubes, 
uh, gun, uh, what stuff. else? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. Don't and, what not. and whatnot. Uh, they've got uh, the full line there. They've actually even got a suppressor uh, conditioner that you can break your suppressors in to make them uh, even more useful and beneficial. I haven't tried it yet, so I don't know how well it works. But they've even got they've got a line of engine additives. Chad, the old huh. lead sled has been drinking it up. The TVT engine additive. Um, that's keeping the old girl running. Uh, like I said, like we're it. at over 307,000 miles, getting ready to put another, sh- I don't know how far it is down to, to Daytona. We're going down to Daytona and then back. So that's probably another, what, 1,400 miles at least? Yeah, 14, 1,600, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So knock on wood. Uh, let's pray the old girl makes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it has, it has, I have noticeable increase in my gas mileage when I use that. Somewhere still in the, you know, 20 miles per gallon on the highway from a uh, you know, 307,000 mile, how many years is that? Almost 20 year old vehicle. That's pretty good. 97, 2000. Yeah. Something like that. So, uh, check them out. Modernspartansystems.com. Glock, the official carry. Of lefty, oh lefty, a talking talking lead. That's me. I rocked the Glock twenty three and the Glock twenty seven. Whatever. Just just acquired the um, Gen five nineteen, and so I'm I'm making a transition over to the the nineteen. PF nine. Oh, PF nine. Uh, could be. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, you know, I have I have shot maybe a, a PF nine once or twice. I don't have a okay. lot of experience with those. I need to get we'll, more uh, hands on with those. We'll we'll fix that at uh, one of these range days. Yeah, range. Or, um, no, actually, IV eight eight eight. You guys are gonna be there, yeah. right? Are you gonna there have you go. those there? Yeah, we'll do some uh, eighty yard shots with PF nine. Nice, very yeah. cool. I want to I want to try out the. Um, you've got another one too. What's your other handgun? With P eleven, P thirty two. The I think it's, it's the P eleven. It's a nine millimeter, right? Yeah. That's a nine millimeter too. Yeah. I've never shot that one. That's one I want to shoot also. Okay. I'll put that on the list. Never had an opportunity to shoot that one. So I'd like to try it out, compare the two. That really, that really helped with my Glock plug, didn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> everybody loves Glock. Well, not everybody. Most people love Glocks. So whatever. Uh, and then, of course, Keltec, the yeah. official lead quarters of the Talking Lead Show for 2018 Shot Show, which is going to be. Yeah. Awesome. So I just want to thank you guys for bringing us in, putting us under your roof. It's of course. Be, it's going to be a great time. It's been a long time coming. Uh, maybe we can get Derek and George on the show. We'll see what happens. Are they are they recluse to the microphone? Are they mic shy? No, we. So my goal, and it, it's a long shot, but I want to try to get um, George on the show so that Jansen Jones from Feeding Munitions can interview him. Okay. That would be yeah. cool. And Jansen's already got all his questions lined up. He's nice. really particular, and it's it's going to be really interesting if we can get that to happen. <laughs> that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely be fun. Of course, you guys know Jansen Jones. He's been on a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. We had him on for our oh, and that's something we got to talk to you about too. The bear episode, the bear hunting yes. episode. You you were a no show for that one. So yeah, yeah, I'll have to give you my side of the story. Yeah, at some point we got to get your side of the story. Maybe we'll do that uh, at Shot okay. Show. Absolutely. We'll get Jansen there. We'll just we'll rehash and we'll we'll go over the whole thing. There we go. And then of course uh, he's promised that you and I are going to go on a bear hunt with him uh, next year. 
I just thought of a great, okay, yeah, I just thought of a really great interview. So we're going to get uh, Jimmy from Silencer Co. Uh-huh. I'll get Jeremy and Jansen. We were the, the four main guys at that, and uh-huh. we've got a really nutty story to tell you. So Sweet. Yeah. Write that down. Don't forget. Yeah. Oh, I won't. It's it's burned <laughs> into my brain forever. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> awesome. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to get some great interviews there at SHOT Show 2018. Yeah. So let's jump into this this week's show, guys. Without further ado, uh, wrapping up our interviews from the 24th, and it's biennial. You know what biennial means, don't you? It's two or something. Every other year. <laughs> we, we were trying to figure that out when they were having, they have this every other year, every two years they have this event. That's biennial, not biannual. Uh, okay. Biennial. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, Flioa, Flioa was, National Conference. I was scared to ask you what that meant. Biennial. He yeah. said, he said anal. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> All right, Leadheads, we are back, and we are still at the FLIOA 24th National Conference. This is day two, and we are continuing our interviews. And I'm going to go around the table here and let you introduce yourselves. Over to my left, as you're listening to us on the radio dial. Uh, hi, my name is Matt Bumstead, and uh, coming to you from Seattle, Washington, uh, just south of there actually a little bit. And over here in uh, in St. Louis at the FLIOA conference, uh, I'm here with my friends uh, from Livingston Federal, um, one of their advisors up in the Northwest, work with federal employees in their retirement planning. Very nice. And uh, Glenn Livingston out of the Baltimore, Washington area. And uh, we, well, it worked out really well when I interviewed at Livingston Federal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, we, we work with uh, federal employees helping them with their retirement benefits. Very complex very um, cool. When when the president's your CEO and Congress is your CFO, things change quite a bit. <laughs> and then over to our far right, yep. we have Ron Carson, Carson with Cool Action by Carson. It's a Cool Action Suit. Uh, you can check us out at coolactionsuit.com. And yeah. uh, we're making suit wearing fun again. Um, we uh, were the first ever. Making com- fun and comfortable. Fun and comfortable and cool. And cool. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, first ever, uh, uh, we have the patent on it, first ever completely dry fit business suit. So when you, uh, you need to w- wear a suit uh, for your high performance job, you check out coolactionsuit.com. There you go, guys. There it is. Awesome. So we've actually talked about your product a little bit on the show in the past. Yes. Um, we've been trying to get you on for a while now. Great to be here. Um, I'm excited to try out your suits, man. I can't wait. They're gonna they're gonna be awesome. So you you're making them out of the uh, the material that a lot of the athletic exactly. clothes are made out of. Absolutely, right? they're completely uh, dry fit material. So the same material you'll see in an Under Armour suit or in an Under Armour product. You know, the material that you work out in uh, Nike right. dry fit. We can't call it dry fit. Nike has the market on that, but uh, it's same moisture type. wicking. Moisture wicking. <laughs> moisture. It's it's flexible. Flexible, lightweight, cool, comfortable. It stretches with you. Uh, yeah. you, you move, it moves. Uh, perfect uh, for concealed carry as well. Uh, it was tested by the United States Secret Service and other uh, federal law enforcement officers. Uh, Very cool. We got their feedback and incorporated it into the suit and made a suit that's uh, designed first of its kind for uh, law enforcement officers. So yeah, we're happy to be here. Because those guys are, you know, always on the move and 
Exactly. You know, the the gear that they carry, you know, the concealed gear, it, it, these suits are perfect for, for that, ton of, perfect, that kind of lifestyle. Perfect for that. Again, uh, we're tested by uh, federal law enforcement officers, uh, mainly uh, Secret Service and other uh, cabinet of dignitary, protective dignitary details. You're right. Got their feedback, uh, incorporated all that into the suit, and now uh, we're, we're good to go. Now so, you're open to the public. Open to the public, coolactionsuit.com. <laughs> Very cool. And anyone listening that's at the uh, FLEOA convention, we're offering a special 40% discount for uh, FLEOA members. So okay. Just use the code FLEOA17, and you get 40% off. FLEOA17. There it is. Can the leadheads use that also? Leadheads can use that as well, please. Spread and the word. 40% off. 40% off. Coolactionsuit.com. Nice. Just use FLEOA17. Okay. And how long is that going to be good for? That'll be good for the next couple of months, so get your suits quickly. They're going fast. Cool. You got mine reserved, right? <laughs> uh, you know it. It's on its way. <laughs> good to be here with you, Mark. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Appreciate you being here. Uh, Livingston Federal. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Tell us Tell us a little more down. You tell us what, what it is. Um, Tell us how you, a little more about your company, how you got started, how you got involved with FLEOA. So, uh, yeah, well, we're financial advisors in the Baltimore, Washington area. And uh, a number of our clients, before we got involved with federal employees, were federal employees. There's a handful in the Baltimore, Washington area, federal employees. And uh, we could help them with their investments and you know things like that. They're what they call their thrift savings plans, their 401k. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't really help them with their benefits. That's very complex. And they were coming to us with lots of questions. And we decided that this would be a great niche for us to get into. Okay. And so uh, it started out with uh, some associations, uh, the FAA in particular. We started out with them. And it grew to the point where they wanted to start doing seminars across the country. And then we had to start connecting with other advisors around the country, like uh, Matt here in Seattle. Um, we have advisors from Seattle to Miami. Uh, they were supposed to be here. They couldn't make it. Um, one of the gentlemen from Tampa had to fly home yesterday because his oh, flight okay. today was canceled already. Um, but yeah, they're yeah. getting they're getting some weather down that way. Oh, it's it's heading that way. So they're they're going to be there. Sh- it's going to be shortly. It's um things are shutting down pretty quickly down there. Yeah, we saw on the news uh, this morning uh, that it went over. Uh, was it uh, Antigua or the Turks or you know, something like that, and just devastated it. Yeah, I saw one report where uh, like over fifty percent of the people in Barbados are homeless now. Or yeah, without shelters. I mean. Once you get a lot of those islands, once you get off the resorts, um, a lot of them can be poor. And, you know, those, those homes aren't built necessarily all that well, especially for 150, 80 miles. I don't care winds. what kind of, how well built it is. When yeah, those kind of winds come through, it's going to, it's going to be knocking some stuff down. I know. St. Thomas but, got hammered pretty bad. St. Yeah. Thomas Island. And there's another one right behind this one. Jose, I think, oh, is geez. coming in right, right behind it. So, I mean, it's not going to let up anytime soon. Jeez. Um, unfortunately, I hate to, hate to hear that. Yeah. But, so that's, that's kind of how we got started in it, and uh, it's grown. And then we got involved with FLEOA through, um, you know, it's, it's all who you know, so through some mutual friends and connections. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been involved with them for several years now, um, and helping uh, federal law enforcement officers with their, their benefits. Um, theirs are different than most federal employees, um, different rules, and just that's what makes it so complex. And uh, we offer a lot of free services and a lot of free retirement planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're forced out. Most of them are forced out, especially if you're under the law enforcement uh, benefits. Uh, you're, you're forced out at 57. So being forced to retire at 57 takes a lot of planning. You can't just wing it and hope it works out. Yeah. So, and that's what you guys are there for. Yep. We're there to help them. Uh, with uh, We offer free retirement planning uh, for the federal employees. Okay. And the law enforcement. So is it any federal employee would be able to use your service? Any federal employee, yep, around the country. Okay. So we got a lot of, a lot of our listeners are federal employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that include military? 
Oh, yeah, military, we, we would do that. Typically with military, though, uh, a lot of times they are uh, transient a little bit more. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to go from spot to spot as well as they're not uh, typically there's not a lot of people that are going to necessarily be career military and only career military, right? Yeah. And so they might be in for, you know, 10 years and then move on to something else. And uh, it's usually that something else that we can help a lot out, you know, help, help a lot sure. more with. Um, but, uh, but yes, we do have military clients. A lot of our federal employees were previous military. Mm-hmm. And so they have military experience and, and can use that with their, with their retirement as well. But, okay. but yeah. So any individual can come to you guys, their organization doesn't have to be a, a part or a member of? No. no. Okay. No. We just love to work with Flioa, though, and the agencies within Flioa because we feel like those are our national heroes, you know, I mean, a, a, along with our military oh, as absolutely. well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we just love working with law enforcement because, uh, well, they have so many awesome stories, unique stories to share, and, and, uh, and, and we're going to hear those experiences tonight at the dinner, you know, about some of those members around the country. Yeah. And uh, looking forward pretty to cool. that. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Dinner's going to be, be awesome tonight. One of the best things we've uh, gotten to do with Flioa is um, uh, me and my business partner, Michael Livingston, is we get to go to the National Memorial, the Law Enforcement Memorial, mm-hmm. the dinner they have. And hearing the stories every year of... Uh, the this, police week, they call Police it? week, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the culmination of police week is the memorial, uh, you know, dinner and... Um, some celebrities come in from law enforcement world and things, but it's it's just it's absolutely just moving hearing the stories of the fallen officers, the people that gave everything, and it just it really brings it home. Um, yeah, uh, for for what these people put on the line to protect us. Very cool. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. Uh, and uh, when we uh, Cool Action Suit is a, a strategic partner with uh, Flioa, and one of the the things that we wanted to do in, with our partnership is to give mm-hmm. back. So every uh, suit that is sold, cool action suit at, you know, you can purchase it again at coolactionsuit.com. Every suit is sold, we donated $20 back to Flioa to Very be, cool. uh, donated to the fallen officers. So, That's great. uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, we got the big dinner tonight. Um, where are you guys headed after this? You got any more, uh, events that you're going to be attending coming up? Well, let's see. Uh, well, we're both heading back home, but uh, coming up in October, we have uh, the FAA Managers Association. So we're going to okay. work with FAA. So you guys uh, probably travel around all over the United States to different events. and Yeah, so we work with a number of associations, and we also provide seminars for a number of agencies as well. Okay. So uh, HHS, FAA. Uh, we've done some uh, you know, stuff for DOD and Department of Energy and different things like that, Department of Transportation. But mm-hmm. uh, FLEO is one of the, our biggest uh, folks that we sponsor. They're a huge organization, and they're all over the country. Right. And it's extremely spread out. I mean, you can it's not just in major cities. I mean, you can get folks, you know, in the middle of Montana. There's actually I just met a gentleman the other day from Montana here. So yeah. it's They're uh, from all over, yeah. It is. from all yeah. over the, the country here. Yeah, and for me personally, I, I cover the Northwest region, so... Uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, and uh, Alaska and Hawaii. So it's a it's a get around. Big, it's a pretty big area. You definitely get around. I know uh, the agency FAA. They uh, wanted me to come out to to Honolulu, coming up here, and Maui and the Big Island. And oh, like, you hate that, don't you? <laughs> that's <laughs> tough work. That's, that's tough, right? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, well, yeah, that's. I mean, it's an expensive flight, but you know, yeah. other than that, it's well, pretty if, awesome. If they to want go you out. to come out, you got to yeah, come you know? out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. duty but, calls. Yeah. But the thing is, they yeah, just they just said, well, would you mind going to Samoa and uh, to Guam? 
And I'm oh, like, geez. man, Rot-roll. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a flight. It's like, yeah. I could do Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> so how do people get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is through our website, and that is uh, www.livingstonfederal.com. Okay. So Livingston is uh, L-I-V-I-N-G-S-T-O-N, federal.com. And uh, they can reach us through that. That's as simple as any way. There's ways to connect with us. You can read more about us. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're here to help people. The fact that your last name is Livingston. Oh, that's why it worked out well when I interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle started the company 31 years ago now. So, uh, I've been in the business since 2002. Okay. So I'm a recovering mechanical engineer. Recovering. <laughs> you never fully get over that. So I'm a numbers guy. <laughs> so what did you, what did you do prior with your mechanical engineering? Well, actually it was interesting. My first job at a, uh, University of Maryland was in Burlington, Vermont, working on Gatling guns. Really? Yeah, the the big thirty millimeter and twenty millimeter cans that shoot six thousand rounds a minute. The goalkeeper, um, and it was it was a lot of fun. They had a huge eleven thousand acre range out in Jericho, Vermont, mm-hmm. and uh, it was fantastic. It was it was as a young mechanical engineer, it was a dream come true. No doubt. And man. I did that for years, and then I left to go get into commercial electronics because that's where the money was in the late nineties. And well, that was incredibly boring, but the money was better. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the things you'll do for money, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll put up with a little boredom, but yeah. man, so uh, I want to hear more about the Gatling gun. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> Those thirty millimeter cannons are just—it's what's the the cannon that's on the uh, pods on the uh, the C one thirties when they used to you know go through Vietnam, just you know take down yeah. the entire forest. Also the. <laughs> yeah. um, the A-10 is yeah. a 30 millimeter can. Basically, the A-10 is a airplane that was designed around a gun. Four two Jedi, good hit. And that was cool because my dad actually worked on the A-10 in the 80s, and then I come along, you know, years later and yeah. work on the uh the 30 millimeter cannon and then the other uh the 20 millimeter cannons go on on the airplanes and they go on on the uh ships to protect so they're close mm-hmm. in range so when a plane gets too close if you're on a ship uh you can't use missiles on that mm-hmm. so you have to have these they, that's why they shoot six thousand rounds a minute is that you do a shoot a short burst you do a split second burst but you're the plane's flying 400 miles an hour so these bullets are spread out yeah. so you're trying to get a tight grouping um, now, did you ever get a chance to shoot them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. In fact, oh, one of the yeah. coolest things I got to do was we had to do a uh, test of failure. So we basically fired these things, and then eventually the the the, uh, the barrels would glow mm-hmm. and melt. And so you had to test it to failure um, just you to just make sure. Try to destroy it. Try to destroy it. <laughs> so and how many rounds before one actually just melted? Oh, man, that was a long time ago. I, I don't, you know what? I don't remember now. It's a long time ago. I did that in the late '90s. So oh, it was before it was cell phones, so you weren't like taking selfies. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, the glowing gun. <laughs> did it? Did it take a couple minutes though? Maybe. Yeah. Well, no, it didn't even take. I don't even think it took a minute. It just oh, was. Really? They shoot six thousand rounds a minute, but you don't ever shoot six thousand rounds. The speed yeah. is all about trying to hit something going sideways at four hundred miles an hour. So mm-hmm. it's a bzz, bzz, kind of. A what do they cool them with? Uh, air they're cooled? just air cooled. Yeah, just air cooled. It's air cooled, but they're not meant to just. It's, yeah. it's a quick burst. <laughs> Yeah, and you're trying to get, you know, 50 rounds that real tight, but you're trying to chase something. Is that like 50 rounds, just one little pull, and that's like yeah. 50 rounds? Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that quick. So just like that, it was cool. I got to work on the F-22. Um, the F-35 was just coming out, so it was, it was it was fun. It was a fun Interesting. time. Interesting. I missed that. I missed that a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. that's very cool. And um, 
Yeah, it was one of those one of the bullets in the um for the tank buster, the A ten. It was interesting. They had little tiny like darts inside the the uh the, mm-hmm. the bullet. And that's actually what would blow up the or kill the tank isn't so much the bullet itself, but inside the bullet the little was dart. Little, those little darts like Magnesium. Know, tungsten. They're like a tungsten no. carbide, ultra strong, and it would just melt through the armor and burn right through it. Like flechettes. They just and now, so did you, you design? Did you design the ammo too, or were you just working on the guns? I just worked on the guns, but the guys there did the ammo. So, I mean, I was a young engineer, so I'm probably taking more credit than I deserve. But it was fun working on it. There's I mean, nobody here to it. dispute that, so take <laughs> all the credit <laughs> you <laughs> want right now. Actually, I created the Gatlin gun. That was me. My name is Glenn Gatlin. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Gatlin Livingston. Yeah, that's so, that's but, it was cool. it was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm a gun guy anyway. So that was just a dream come true to go up there in Burlington, Vermont, and have fun with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you still know people there that no, you can get that, your foot in the door? And no, that that whole uh, thing up there has been kind of moved around the country now. Um, in fact, I was I was interviewed by Martin Marietta. By the time I joined, a few months later, it was Lockheed Martin, and by the time I left, it was General Dynamics. Okay, and then so General Dynamics, I'm not sure how much really still exists there. They still do stuff at the range, but a lot of the stuff has kind of been moved elsewhere. I noticed most of my friends they uh, they they you know they're they're in other places now. Yeah, the thing. So it's fun going back. That'd be to cool. Yeah, it'd be cool if you could uh, just kind of go see what uh, what they're working on nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, one of the things we did too was the objective crew serve weapon, which basically tried to replace the, um, the Mark 19 and the M50 because they were so heavy. Mm-hmm. So we tried to get those down below 40 pounds or so. Usually those guns weigh like 100 some pounds. Right. Yeah. You know, so how'd that go? Did you get? It was still in the testing phase we were working on it, but it was a lot of fun working. I think they're just now starting to really send those out and develop those. But. So how much do one of those Gatling guns cost? I don't know. It's not cheap. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you weren't involved with the sales? No, I wasn't involved. Yeah, I was like young, but they don't let the young guys do negotiating on that. So, right. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was fun times. It was good. It was real good. Matthew, give us a little bit of, of your background. Background. Well, uh, I right out of, in high school, my uh, my dad was part owner of a fishing lodge up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So you were telling me some interesting hunting uh, stories oh, the man. other day. If, man. if I could be full time hunter and fisherman, that's what I would do. Well, it probably. sounds like yeah. it on some you of these too? trips you're telling me about. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And that every free time I get, I'm I'm either hunting with my dad or my son or fishing with someone or something like that. But I was a fishing guide. Uh, up in Alaska for a couple seasons uh, during my high school years and, and just graduating high school, a uh, fly fishing guide up there in south, what would that be, southwest Alaska, up by uh, Bristol Bay area. Loved it. Loved nice. it. It was a great time. I'd still be doing if it was if it was uh, good for the family life, but sure. not, not real good. <laughs> not real good family life that way. Um, uh, I served a two-year church mission over in southern Germany. was over there for a couple years. Came back, got my college degree in finance and I've been a financial advisor, uh, independent Never financial advisor ever since. Yeah, financial advisor, hunter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's like, like a, a TV superhero. show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I love shooting. I love hunting. Um, I. Uh, What's your favorite? Uh, your favorite rifle? Your favorite round to shoot for hunting? Well, actually, I would say my favorite round to shoot for hunting is probably a twelve gauge shotgun round. Twelve gauge shotgun. Yeah, because I, I bird hunting is my. Okay. I love bird hunting. And, uh, I, I would do that all the time. My, uh, my son is a competitive shooter. Uh, he's a 14 year, well, 15 now, mm-hmm. but he, uh, clay he, shooting. Yep. Yeah, all clay shooting, uh, sporting clay, uh, skeet trap, everything. And 
Um, awesome. Less this last year, we were down in Tucson uh, at a competitive shoot, and he took third in an, an event, got a bronze medal for third nationals. Congratulations! So it was really cool. He's uh, he's he can he's an up and comer. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say this on here because people will hear it. But he's a better shooter than I am now. <laughs> it's but it's recorded now. It, I know, but uh, he'll play this back over and over I know and over exactly again. exactly. <laughs> I did beat him the other day though when we went shooting. But that's one thing I love. Um, outside of that, as far as big game hunting is concerned, I. I would say probably my my favorite round would be like a three thirty eight. Probably is mm-hmm. my favorite round to to shoot with. I, um, it's big enough. I with the animals I hunt big enough to take down any of the major animals and um and not have to worry about whether or not they're going to get back up. Right. You know? So tell us about one of your most memorable hunts. Probably the most memorable hunt I had was just this last year. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where was that? Uh, that was uh, Namibia. We went over to Namibia. And uh, we spent part of our time in South Africa. I went with my dad, my nephew, and my my son. Uh, nice family trip. It was. It was the a boys trip of a lifetime. Of that, yeah, right. Yeah. My one of my dad's dreams has always been to get a Cape Buffalo. Yeah, and uh, that we've never hunted a, a a part of the Big Five before over there in Africa, and 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 we said, you know what, let's do it. And uh, so. He got permission from my mom, and <laughs> <laughs> he got the kitchen pass. <laughs> he, so. got, he yeah. did. He got the pass, and so we went over there, and uh, we hunted first for a Cape Buffalo in South Africa. Both he and I both got our Cape Buffalo. Uh, extremely tough animals. I was. So you got two of them. I, I was amazed at how strong they are. I, I shot a four sixteen. They're huge, huge beast. Yep, they're and ginormous. It took me nine shots. Are you serious? Sixteen for my first buffalo. Yeah. Wow. I, I shot them. Once he ran about a mile, we tracked him. He was laying down. I shot him two more times, and then he ran another. He he ran through the woods another seven miles. Oh my god! Through the jungle, and we tracked him, and it was so. I mean, all of us are dehydrated, and it was it was it was quite the hunt. And then we finally cornered him and and, yeah. and finished him off. But and you're using was, a four sixteen on that, you said? Yeah, four sixteen, and the other guys were using three seven fives. I mean, wow. and they were all good tough shots. Animal. They were all right in the vitals. They are just tough animals. And uh, so we got our, our buffaloes there, and then we headed over to Namibia after that. And uh, it was very impressed with that country. It's an amazing country. Nice people. It was clean. It was, uh, it, they were very friendly. Very were they? accepting. Yeah. Uh, hospitality was great. Uh, their number one revenue source for the country is hunting, actually. Yeah. Not just not just. Tourism. Well, that would make sense that they'd want to treat the hunters nice, they you know? Treat them, they treat them really well, Yeah. And uh, amazing country, and we uh, got the rest of our animals over in that area. And so it was uh, cool. Yeah, we ended up helping the ranchers with some culling, you know, you know, to doing some management animals and things like that. Right. But, so we ended up between the four of us hunting. We we I think we killed about twenty four animals. Okay. All together, about seven or eight of those were management animals. Now you're saying, didn't your son? You were telling me. Um, you showed me a picture of, of one of his mm-hmm. um, shots. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> spoiled brat. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he he got a, he had a couple animals that were just unbelievable trophies. Uh, he shot. He ended up shooting about seven animals while he you was. You say there. one was a world record or something. One is a is a a very high gold medal record for uh, Safari Club International. Okay, um, it's a Gims buck. And uh, it was a 45-inch Gims buck, which, you know, if you're a, 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 around the 40-inch range, you're gold medal. And so he was way beyond that. Um, he also has had a gold medal 
uh, Springbuck and a gold medal. What was the other one? Impala, I want to say. Um, so it was. It was he's just really showing cool. you up left and right. Yeah, I know. He really was. He really was. Man, and he's a good shot too. He's a good shot. When and you did that, that this year. That was yeah, it's February of this year. So what was the outfit that you went out there with? Uh, name it was uh, Thirstland Safaris, um, and a gentleman named Cobus. Mm-hmm. And Cobus is uh, um, born and raised in Namibia, but he's Afrikaans, so you yeah. know, a, a white African there, and uh, speaks all the languages. And uh, great guy, really, really. Fun Give them a plug. Guy. What was the name of the company again? Thirstland Safaris. Okay. Today we're coming to you from the country of Namibia. We go now. I'm going to introduce you to a man named Cobus Honeyball. Hello, I'm here. He's the owner and operator of Thirstland Safaris. <laughs> and he hunts Namibia. And so you not, highly recommend him. I'd highly recommend him. And he's a pilot, too. So oh, okay. you go over there and he'll fly you out to the different locations. Great hunter. Um, and it's not just for hunters, it's for family vacations as well. You know, if you wanted to go out there and tour the country. Yeah. Yeah. They got like resort areas. He, there? His property he lives on is a hundred and hundred thousand acres, hundred and five thousand acres, or something like that. Oh, good lord! I know it's a big. I mean, <laughs> it's we, a big yeah. backyard. We never it's like even Delaware. saw it all. <laughs> 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 exactly. Yeah. It's, it's huge, and and the ranches we were hunting on are just giant. And uh, but uh, his resort that he has that he built himself is absolutely beautiful, just beautiful. But um, he has friends all throughout the country who mm-hmm. have their own resorts. And you could stay there at okay. those places as well. So family friendly, mm-hmm. kind of. I've never thought about going there for vacation. Yeah, take mm-hmm. you to the coast and Maybe. fish for sharks, giant great whites, and all that kind of stuff. Oh man, oh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah it's so much cooler me. than hunting whitetail in my backyard yeah. <laughs> with a or bow going, and arrow, or going to Disney World. <laughs> going to Disney World. <laughs> right, right. Yep. The and, heck with that. And the hunting isn't necessarily that expensive. If you're going for some of the bigger trophies, it's it's expensive. But yeah. if you wanted to hunt warthog or Impala or Gimsbuck, that that necessarily that isn't necessarily that expensive. So if you had some youth that you wanted to take over there and hunt a warthog, I mean that's you know it's four hundred dollars or something like that to hunt yeah. a warthog. So it's not it's not that bad. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, it's getting over there. Getting over yeah. there is expensive, <laughs> and it's a long flight. I'll tell you that. Wow, no but it doubt. was it was a trip of a lifetime. It was awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with yeah. us. Ron? Yeah. Give us your background. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, cool I, suits. I'm, I'm actually uh, an Ohio native. I grew up in, uh, outside of uh, Cleveland, about a half an hour southeast of Cleveland, a little small town uh, called Aurora. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ever, ever since I can remember, I, I just wanted to make a difference uh, in, in the world. So uh, outside of uh, graduation at Miami University in Ohio, Political science degree. I got involved. Poli sci. You know it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got involved in uh, in the political sphere. Uh, you know, worked for uh, twenty years, as you know, uh, as a presidential advance man, uh, traveling mm-hmm. around the world uh, in advance of uh, our world leaders, uh, namely presidents and cabinet officials, and uh, working alongside uh, Secret Service and, and other federal law enforcement officers at the federal, state, and uh, local levels. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what... Uh, Who's the, the f- your favorite president to uh, 
uh, yeah, you know, be associated I, with. It's really hard. It's really hard to say, to be honest with you, because uh, you, you don't really, uh, you know, get involved in that. You're kind of focused on the job at hand. Yeah, uh, making making everything safe and right. And uh, well, let, me, let me reword it. <laughs> Who who did you enjoy protecting more and making safe more than? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who did you go the extra mile for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, again, uh, treated them all the same. All right? of them were really great. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, uh, so give us some details on on what you did. Yeah. Well, so, so can you I, talk about that? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Or is it secret well, secret squirrel stuff? No. <laughs> no. What, what I what I did was uh, I primarily focused on the logistical side uh, mm-hmm. of things. Uh, you know, before uh, you know, the president, Secretary of State, uh, you know, Secretary of Energy, uh, Transportation, you know, down the line, before they would get anywhere, uh, either domestically or, or internationally, uh, a team of us would go out and just kind of set the groundwork for everything that they would do. Mm-hmm. So when they get off the plane, they kind of look to me like, "Where are we going? What are we doing? Who are we meeting with?" We've already done that. We've already created the blueprint. We've already met with the people, so uh, we know everything that's going to happen. Right. So all they have to do is, is, is follow our plan. So uh, that, that's what I did for basically twenty years. Now, did they follow your plan, or did they did they like for skew the, from your plan? <laughs> for, for, for the most part, politicians yeah. really aren't original. They don't, they don't really come up with original thoughts, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, 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 they just follow the team's plan. You know, yeah. uh, they, we tell them where to go, and they follow. They just do it. They They're do robots. It. So. They do it exactly. Uh, that's yeah, what the staffers I, are for. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you know, that, that took me uh, around the world. I've been uh, uh, five continents. Uh, I still need to get to Australia and. Antarctica, but I've been to every continent outside of Australia and Antarctica. Nice. And that's kind of what uh, gave me the idea for the cool action suit. Uh, we were, I was standing on a tarmac, uh, you know, waiting for the president to <laughs> land. Sweating your balls oh, off. Oh, my goodness. You wouldn't even imagine. And we were, we were in our, our cheap, uh, you know, suits, uh, sweating through them. We were standing alongside Secret Service and Diplomatic Security Service and, and other law enforcement officers were waiting for the president, the Secretary of State, and uh, the Secretary of Energy to land. It was a, a joint trip. And it was about 120 degrees in New Delhi, India. Oh, wow. <laughs> and no joke, we, I mean, you could see the white uh, stains <laughs> in our suits. The salt coming through. <laughs> exactly. It was not comfortable. But oh, it, we, wow. we had to cut our suits off at the end of the trip. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I get back and, you know, you know working for, uh, for for presidents kind of gives you a global Rolodex. So I, I get, got back to D.C., where I currently live. I've been in D.C., mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the past couple of decades. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I got back to DC. Open. Is that a choice that you do that? I'm just yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I miss Ohio. I, you know, Ohio's the heart of it all. But, oh yeah. But uh, uh, so get back. You know, I, I tap into that that Rolodex. I, I, I meet. Uh, I met somebody that owned a factory. So put some prototypes together. Got them on some uh, some Secret Service guys. Uh, they gave me their feedback. They warmed for a little bit. They said, Hey, well, we need a little bit. Uh, of a wider waistband so we can put our gear on. We need extra pockets so we can throw our credentials in. We need, uh, you know, uh, an extra wide, uh, you know, shoulder area so we can, uh, you know, put our weapons in, you know, conceal- concealed carry. You need to make it for concealed right. carry. We need uh, the suit to stretch. We need, uh, you know, and, and number one was we don't want to sweat through our suits. <laughs> so we need, uh, you know, a suit that's, uh, that's basically sweat proof. So, uh, you know, it incorporated the moisture wicking component. Right. Uh, got a patent attorney, got it patented, got, you know, basically went from A to, to Z, kind of things that I was doing for these, uh, you know, uh, you know, dignitaries I was mm-hmm. doing for myself finally. Went from A to Z. Uh, just you know, followed your plan. Followed the plan. Just set uh, your plan out and you followed it. You got it, you know, got it in motion. Uh, uh, you know, and this thing, 
thing you know, kind of took off like wildfire. People were saying, "Where you know, where has this been? We've been looking for this twenty years. It's like I reinvented right. fire." <laughs> 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 and uh, and and the cool action suit uh, was born. And, and how long ago was that? Uh, well, I, I, this process started back in two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. but we've really been selling them for about a year now. Okay. And, yeah, I knew you were relatively new. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, uh, we got to get these guys into some of those suits. I know. Yeah, I'm looking at. I'm looking at that. I, you know? It looks like these are kind of the suits we were wearing in New Delhi when we were. <laughs> walking through DC in the summertime can get awfully hot. And oh, funny. oh, tell me about it. <laughs> tell walking me about between it. buildings, across the mall. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. It's not fun. It's not fun. So uh, you know, you move. The suit moves. It keeps you cool. Keeps you comfortable. And we're doing a good thing. I mean, we're, we partner with uh, the, not only the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, which we love. Yeah. And we, I think, we all have a common uh, shared love of, of FLIOA. But uh, we've also uh, partnered with the Fraternal Order of Police as well. I nice. uh, just left their convention before I came up here. They're, they just had a convention down in Nashville. And, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, baby. <laughs> That's right. My backyard. Yeah, I know. I know it is. I know yeah, it is. You did, we, 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 we didn't call me. We spoke before. Well, I was too busy trying to sell some suits. Well, <laughs> I could have helped you, man. I, I appreciate it. Come up there and help you. I appreciate it. You, you could put the wrap on. When the, were you there? Uh, uh, the 26th through the 29th of August. So okay, about, so about a little over a week ago. Okay. So you were just there. I'm just there. Yeah. At, at Opryland, old Opryland, uh, USA. That's where the convention was. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we have these uh, two partnerships with, with both FLIOA and FOP, whereas uh, not only do we offer a nice discount, as I said, you know, if you're listening now, go to coolactionsuit.com, put in FLIOA17 and get 40% off. Not only do we... That's nice. Oh, it's yeah, a exactly. nice discount. And the suits are made by... They're all American-made. Uh, that's, that's a very important part and component as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're made by an American suit company called Hart Schaffner Marks. And oh, heard of them. Yeah. Absolutely. They've been around since 1887. And they sell uh, very high-end suits. So the, the suit's yeah. a very high-end suit, uh, but if you put that uh, coupon code in, you're getting it for 300 bucks. It's really a $1,000 suit. Uh, right. You know, we retail them for 500 but it's really a $1,000 suit because Hart Jaffner Marks uh, is you know, world-class. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're up there with uh, Brooks Brothers and, uh, you know, name. Oh, they've name, been around forever. Too. Forever, 1887. Yeah. So and My dad was wearing their, their yeah, suits. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the day, it, I remember. It's it, it, you know, proud to be uh, made in America. I mean, your, your dad, you know, it was, was a wise man. You know, we oh, want to yeah. keep, keep this money home. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but again, not only uh, do we give you a nice discount, but as I mentioned earlier, every suit sold, we're giving 20 bucks back. 20 to, bucks going to back to Exactly, Fliola. exactly. Nice. And, and, and also we, uh, we're giving money back to FOP as well. But uh, for purposes of this FLIOA conference, we're giving 20 bucks back for every suit. They're putting it together, uh, you know, working with uh, our mutual uh, good mm-hmm. friend, Bill Hempstead. Uh, oh, yeah. They're putting it, uh, you know, towards uh, fallen fallen officers funds mm-hmm. and, and any other, uh, you know, foundations where we can do some good. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to do God's work. Absolutely. <laughs> I can see these suits uh, for the athletic um, yeah, no, industry cro- as well. Crossover appeal. I mean, the, the impetus was uh, throughout my work with, with law enforcement, but... Uh, you know, you see NBA coaches on the sideline running up and down the, the, the right. court, you know, sweating through their suits. We're, we're targeting them. We're targeting, uh, uh, you know, uh, NFL athletes who have to give press conferences and wear right. suits on game days. Uh, uh, you know, NBA, NFL, uh, Major League Baseball even, they wear suits on game MLB. days. MLB. MLB, you know. Yeah. So, uh uh, we're targeting everyone. Uh, broadcasters who have to sit under those uh, sit under those hot studio lights. Or just yeah. businessmen yeah. that like you know. You're yeah. saying yeah. we got to walk yeah. around these yeah. hot muggy cities. Lobbyists, yeah. Yeah. lobbyists, and run 
running through the airports, yeah. you know. I'm wearing yeah. wool suits all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I hate to I hate to use it as an example, but uh, you remember the old OJ commercials? You know, yeah, he's running, he's running through, through the, the, yeah. the airport, you know, <laughs> jumping over luggage and stuff. He, he could have used one of these. He yeah. could have, yeah. Yeah. you know, because the suit when you jump, it stretches with you, but then it goes back and, and it looks just like a normal suit, and it's also wrinkle free, so you can ball it up in your uh, in your suitcase That's when you travel. Throw your bag and go. Exactly, huh? exactly. Rain resistant. You get rained on it. Boom! It just you know flicks right off the uh, off the suit. So. So many, so many, so uh, many crossover appeal. It's like a, it's like the miracle suit. <laughs> so we, uh, I had a guy from Point Blank on uh, yesterday. Oh wow, Body Armor Company. Yeah, and we were talking about uh, some things off air um, about suits yeah. that they have with the bulletproof yeah. uh, material and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that something maybe you're researching? And we, 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 we implement have. that we, we, into we, we, your we, moisture wicking. We've heard that. We, you know, we've heard that many times. And also, five uh, eleven. Uh, five eleven. We've spoken with them as well. Uh, cool. They don't offer a suit uh, either. So, uh, so you know, so much, uh, so well, many you, opportunities for partnership. You said it earlier, like you know, Under Armour suit. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. I can see Under Armour wanting yeah. to get in. Yeah, we, you know, on spoken, this with you. We've spoken with them as well. We've spoken with them as well. So there's so many different applications, and we're just getting started. Yeah. And uh, so, so I hope you're. Uh, Sky's the limit, brother. Sky's the limit. <laughs> the stars are the limit. If you miss, you know, you wind up on the mountaintop. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to go around the table, and um, I'm sure everybody here carries, right? What's your What's your preferred carry? Well, you know, whatever works best. Now, did, they, did you get to carry when you were uh, I, I, on I, the presidential details? I, I didn't carry. No, I, I just stood. Right, I, I stood very closely to the people that had the that had, had the, the hardware. <laughs> had the hardware exactly. Gotcha. I didn't personally carry, so I, I'll just find one of you guys. Uh, you know, right. I'll find Matthew's son. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds like a good candidate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What about you? I live in Maryland, so it's really tough for me to carry. I have to have a reason to get a carry permit. So, right. I live in the social. Republic of Maryland. <laughs> so uh, I don't carry, but I, I belong to a shooting range. So, But my favorite, uh, I have a 380 and I have a 9mm and I have a, a Ruger 22, and I love shooting that. Um, What's your 9? Uh, Browning High Power. Okay. Nine. I enjoy that. It's, nice. I like the way the trigger, that's a light trigger, so I, I can get some real tight groupings on that. Yep. I like that a it's lot. It's a good gun. Well, my wife actually, uh, she puts me to shame. Uh, my wife does. She's uh, more. So what of a is man. your kids are? I know. So you're out shooting. Your wife's out shooting you. My my wife. And you're well, here. Well, my wife doesn't out shoot me yet, but <laughs> but she uh, she puts me to shame in other ways as far as uh, my manlyhood is concerned because she uh, she's out there. She's a woodworker. She remodels the house. She researches all these things. She knows about guns, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So a couple few birthdays ago, she got me a, a Kimber 1911. Sweet. Um, which wood handle. It's absolutely beautiful gun um my favorite gun by far that mm -hmm. i own uh as far as my my better bees my, my handle. Said, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lover for that however a little bit heavy for me to carry around yeah. everywhere so um i prefer carrying a nine millimeter around but i um and but for me it's more about uh uh, quantity than quality a lot yeah. of times because I, I have uh, so I have several of these I actually own three of these handguns it's a just a Ruger SR9 okay and down uh, with the Ruger down with the Ruger just it's a simple it's not the most expensive gun but it's sure. very functional and uh, and I have several of them so I there you go <laughs> I carry one that's, everywhere I go I mean that's why there's so many different you know companies and different handguns out. everybody's mm -hmm. different you know, everybody's yeah. got different yeah. preferences yeah. different bodies different hands you know the Glock's not going to fit the same in your right. hand as mine, and you know, same thing with the Ruger. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. that variety's great. Yeah. yeah, that's why I say I really enjoy that light trigger. I've, I've tried to shoot some of the ones where the safety's built into the trigger, mm -hmm. and unless you really practice with that, um, I, I start 
as I'm, you know, the, the action's so long on the trigger, and by the time you have to put so much pressure on it, I find out my shots are just not as tight a group as I do with mm-hmm. a lighter trigger. Uh, you should try a Glock. Yeah, I didn't even try to Glock. They just came out with their Gen 5s, mm-hmm. and the triggers on those things are really nice. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've really smoothed those out. So. Yeah. So it sounds like you're a Glock fan then. I am a Glock fan. I love the Glock, but I like all guns though. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I like yeah. Rugers, I like Kimbers, you know, I like Brownings, love, you know, Brownie, love to shoot their 22s also, mm-hmm. you know, I like those too, but you know, I'm just a fan of you know, firearms H&K. in general. You know? like, That's why you're talking lead. Gatlin guns. <laughs> yeah. Gatlin guns. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Got, I'm not going to lie. That was, that was fun. Yeah. So I've got a, a line of questioning that I ask new guests. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to hit you each with uh, with a different one. And if you feel like you want to answer one that I asked somebody mm-hmm. else, feel free to jump in on it. So uh, I'll start with you, Ron. Yeah, of course. So uh, when it comes to pop culture, yeah. you know, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a song, Maybe video game. I don't know. You play video yeah. games. You probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> what What would be your go to that would be, yeah, yeah. you know, firearms related? Oh, uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, baby. Who can't you know? Who can't argue with that? You know, especially uh, with, with Samuel L. Jackson. You Samuel <laughs> and little John Travolta. Action. You know it. You know it. And then the cleaner. You know, little Harvey Cartel. Harvey, Harvey Cartel. <laughs> yeah. That so, movie was packed with uh, people. Exactly. So you got you got a little bit of everything in there. Good deal. Uh, so definitely. Yeah, I love that movie. Definitely. I remember the first time I watched that. I was lost at first, you know, because they kept, yeah. they'd play a sequence and then they would go back and they'd play another sequence that happened prior to that sequence. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, that was kind of my first experience with, um, um, oh, what's his name? Quint- the guy, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quentin yeah. Tarantino movies. Yeah. You know? absolutely. And then after that, I was hooked. I love Quentin Tarantino movies now. Exactly. It was good. The, the attention to detail. Did you see The Hateful Eight? Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen The Hateful Eight yet. No. Yeah, I've seen that. That's a good movie. Yeah. Check that out. That's on the to-do list. Yeah, but, you'll uh, love it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Wrong. Okay, very good. Yeah. You you guys want to take that question too? I like war movies a lot. I really enjoy mm-hmm. a good a good war movie from like uh, Platoon or Platoon, Saving Private Ryan, Full Metal um, Jacket. I grew up watching the old John Wayne and Rock, Robert Mitchum movies with my dad. So you like the old school? I, I like those growing up, but I really like what they're doing now with some of the the modern ones. Um, mm-hmm. Just making it more realistic. Mm-hmm. And have you seen that? Was it Dunkirk? I have not seen Dunkirk, yeah, so but I have heard. to go yeah. see that. I, I haven't seen it, it yet. Yeah, I heard it was good too. I haven't seen it yet. I'm probably I'm upset I have, didn't see that movie theater, but uh, it's yeah. probably gone by the time I get back home. But I don't know. It's fairly new. I think it's still in theaters. Yeah, it's pretty new. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think it just came out like last week or something. Oh, so. did it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, then I'm good to go. You should be. <laughs> I saw a movie theater just over here, so yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get caught up on all the movies, so. right? <laughs> right. What you, Matthew? You know, for me, it's like uh, uh, modern war movies, like you said. You know, where they're pretty realistic. American Sniper, love that movie. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was a, a great movie. one. Uh, what was the other ones that were uh, pretty recent? About uh, um, uh, what is it? Um, Valor. What was it called? Hacksaw. Uh, oh, no, yeah. Hacksaw Ridge was a great one. I love. I've not Hacksaw seen that Ridge. one yet either. I that, see oh that my gosh, that one is amazing. Yeah, and my kids like that one. That one's pretty. Pretty, no, it's not that bad as far as, yeah. you know. The, uh, the movie that had, uh, Mark Wahlberg in it. Uh, yes. Where he was, uh, uh, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. That yeah. one yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Love that movie. That's and I love the movie. book too. Um, and, uh, yeah, what, what what's his name? Uh, Latrell? Latrell. Marcos Latrell. I, 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 yeah, I followed I actually him met him. He did you? It, it was before the movie came out, but he'd already written the book. Yes. And he'd written the book. And I was down in, um, in Dallas. For um, um, Safari uh, Club? No, it was a Navy SEAL. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. benefit thing. Yeah. So I was down there, and uh, they 
took us to this hospital, you know, that they were thinking about funding and, you know, helping out with some of the research and stuff. And uh, they introduced us to some of the, the patients. It was like for head trauma patients and, you know, uh, traumatic brain injury type uh, things. So there were some people that were there, uh, some of the patients, and we got introduced to them. And they were going around, this is such and such, this is such and such, this is Marcus Luttrell, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he had his dog with him there, too. You know, you always see him with his dog. And, you know, I was just sitting there chatting with Marcus Luttrell, not knowing, you know, who he was. <laughs> so we leave, and uh, I asked the, the, the guy that was with us, I was like, that guy sounds, you know, his name sounds familiar. You yeah. know, who, who is he? He goes, Lone Survivor, you know, the book. They're getting ready to make a movie about it. But I was like, <laughs> Missed opportunity. Huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it probably was better that I didn't know who he yeah. was yeah. at yeah. the time. Because, you know, I'd probably geeked out or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know who you are? But, I mean, we're just, like, we're sitting here talking now. We're just sitting there talking, having a good conversation. So. Do you know he's a, a twin? You know, yes. He has a twin. Yep. That's, that's what I was I've like, heard some stories. I saw about. that. I see all on TV. They're both there. I'm like, what the heck, man? He's like, two of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They could take on ISIS all by themselves, probably. Yeah, they probably he could, could be in two places at once. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> so, um, laws be damned. Uh, money be damned. What piece of kit, gun, vehicle would you like to have? What would you own? Gun. I'm a big fan of the Weatherby. The Weatherby. I like my hunting rifles. I like them. Wood, Is that the one beautiful. Quigley down underhead? Is that the one? Sure, but they're Weatherby. That was a, I, just, that I was think a, they're just beautiful, um, beautiful. That was a Springfield, wasn't it? Or a? Uh, yeah. Can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was uh, one of those. Yeah. yeah. Filled a breech action. Yeah. Loader. Yeah. Yeah, so I pro- a Weatherby. I like a high end, pristine, okay. beautiful it's a nice Weatherby. Rifle. It's a. I just think it's a beautiful gun. So yeah, I love those. I like this. I like the rounds. Just yeah, nice, cool. Ron, I just want a tank. You know, a when tank. The, <laughs> when Armageddon comes, you know, I just want to. I want to be able to have. You, that tank so you want you want like a, a modern one, or you want like one from uh, the old the old World War Two, uh, World War One. You know, lots of those new contemporary ones are, are are pretty nice, actually. You know, yeah. I just want one that's gonna gonna do the job. You know, when <laughs> when, when when fury rains down on DC, you know, yeah, or one of those movies. Like I'm when sure the shit rock hits the fan. Yeah, exactly. You're have yeah, the tank. I just want a tank to be able to get out of there and just be able to shoot up everything. Nice. <laughs> For me, it'd be a, a really nice Humvee and okay. a um, and uh, probably a Bushmaster AR. Probably. Okay, going with a Bushmaster, huh? Uh, you know, or you know, some Any type of AR. AR? Now, did Any you see AR. the Did you see the one that oh, yeah. that nice. uh, Ray had out there? Yeah, it's awesome. Mid American Munitions. Yep, that, that six five Creedmoor. Yeah, beautiful gun. It's got yeah. the titanium bolt, titanium trigger. Yeah, stainless it's really nice. fluted barrel. How much did he Did he tell you how much that was? Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I know. Me too. I was saying five. You know, I was saying five grand for that. He's I like, said forty five hundred. He's like yeah. eighteen hundred. I know. What? <laughs> wow, that's a steal. That's that is. It's yeah. a really good deal for six five yeah, Creedmoor. That's, that's a great yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. I told him when With he makes when he makes that in three in three thirty eight. Come and talk to me. So, in three thirty eight. Yeah, he'll probably do it. <laughs> That'll be my new hunting rifle, and that would be the gun I would take. Armageddon Law. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to ask you this: uh, on your hunting trips, mm-hmm. do you can you take your own rifles? Yeah. Uh, on those trips? Yeah, you can. Uh, Namibia is very easy to get your guns through, uh, but um, uh, South Africa is a little bit more difficult. But mm-hmm. you can definitely do it. Are there uh, s- are certain restrictions on guns that you can take and can't? Uh, nope. You can they take pretty you. much any gun you want to take. As as far as I think that they 
anything that looks like more of an assault rifle type deal, you know, they probably... There's no such thing as an assault rifle. It's a made-up term by the leftist media. I know. Something that looks like an AR or yes. an M16, okay? They probably would... Uh, Something would, looks militarized. Yes, yes. They, they might question it a bit. Um, but no, it, it, there's no regulations as far as I know. So you can take semi-autos mm-hmm. over if you want to. Yeah. Okay. Some of the guns we were shooting were semi-auto, but I didn't take my, any of my own gun at all. I They've used I used his because I uh, we shot so many that. we shot so many different animals. I used a uh, I used 308. I used 300 Ultra Mag. I used a 300 Win Mag. Used a, a 416 Weatherby. Used a 375 Weatherby. You got to shoot a little bit of everything. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. How was the thump on that 416 Weatherby? Uh, that, yeah. Nine shots out of that, huh? Nine you shots out of that guy. Day? I, I was, I was sore. Little yeah. kick? <laughs> yeah. Did, didn't, didn't notice it when I was shooting it, but yeah. at, it the next the day. the adrenaline, yeah. The next day, yeah. Yeah, because I had a, I had a, a 4,500-pound beast after me, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. So, but it was, it was, it was fun. You just pack all that stuff in your luggage uh, from C- from Seattle all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't. I just used all his stuff because yeah. you know it was. He has it all. He had it all sided in. I didn't have to worry about it. It's just. It was just way easier that way. And yeah. I'd probably do that away again. If you don't have to worry about your stuff getting damaged or mm-hmm. lost. You know, stolen. Yeah. Stolen. Yeah. Yeah. I say lost. <laughs> yeah, lost. Lost. Yeah. Stolen. Yeah. Say the local customs guy or something. Yeah. You want your gun back. Yeah. But you were telling you can't bring any of the meat back, right? Right. So you, right. But you guys, you get have oh, some nice steaks. We tried and... it all. You know, it was amazing. It was amazing food. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was amazed by everything. I, and I've eaten a lot of game over there, even lion and rhino and elephant and every, I mean, all of that stuff you, you know, I eat over there. But yeah. uh, zebra, I was really impressed at how good zebra tastes. Really? I mean, I was really? like, yeah. What do you oh. compare it to? Horse. <laughs> I was like, and you've had that before? Not that I know that I've ever had horse, but. Never had horse. dog. No, I mean, it was just a good steak. Just a, just a, a really good, like a prime rib type steak. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was really good. Uh, Cape Buffalo, of course, was just like cow, you know. Oh, was uh, it? Yeah. It was just not gamey? Not gamey. In fact, none of the animals I had really were gamey in any way. Really? Not, not compared, not mm-hmm. compared to the venison. Or elk that you might have here in the yeah. states. It wasn't anything like that. It was just huh. very, very good stuff. And uh, in fact, the best animal I had was this little thing called a steenbuck. And uh, um, tiny little. I mean, the, a full-grown steenbuck is probably thirty pounds. Oh wow! You know, full-grown. And um, and the turkey's bigger than that. I know. <laughs> exactly. Use a four sixteen yeah. on that. No, no, not quite. <laughs> it explodes. That's, that's another one. Two two three. We use a two two three as well. Yeah. Okay. And on that one, my my son shot that one, and that one was like eating veal. It oh, was just. Wow. It was really good. Nice yeah. and tender. Yeah. It's making me hungry. Is it lunchtime? Oh, I know it's, it's coming up. Close. Well, guys, I appreciate you taking the time to be on. One quick time, let's go around. Uh, where can everybody get in touch with Livingston Federal? Livingston Federal. Livingston Federal. Federal. So uh, com. You can uh, get a hold of uh, Glenn, myself, Michael, Livingston, and all of the group uh, across the country. And uh, and if you put in where you're from on there on a profile, it'll send an email to the, the local representative. Okay. And if you got hunting questions, send those to Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Would love to have them. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, Ron? Uh, and, and once again, uh, get yourself a cool action suit. We're still running that special uh, with the Pleo convention going on. So yeah. Pleo is 17 at coolactionsuit.com. All one word. C-O-O-L-A-C-T-I-O-N-S-U-I-T. Cool 
CoolActionSuit.com. Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, all that. Yeah, all Facebook, Instagram, uh, cool, it's at Cool Action Suit. So and, you guys stay tuned. There may be some pictures of old Lefty with uh, a cool action suit on. Y- you know it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for having us, Marty. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Leadheads, we are back, and we are still at the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association 24th, and they don't, it's not annual. It's like every other year or something. Biannual. And that'd be twice a year. If it was... No, semi-annual would be... Uh, somebody twice. told me it was like there's a word for it. Yeah, well, semi-annual would be twice a year. I don't know. It's every other year. How about that? Yeah. We could always Google it, but... <laughs> Stand by. That's what your listeners are We're doing. in St. Charles, Missouri uh, at the Embassy Suites here, and uh, we're continuing our coverage with First Tactical. Uh, we've got John and David with First Tactical, and my co-host today is Bryant with uh, Point Blank. Co-host. My co-host. I've been upgraded. You, you have. You've already been on the show, so we've broken you in. Now you're, you're the co-host. So Outstanding. You're going you're gonna to help me keep the, the questions going with these guys. So. And these are, uh, um, you were telling us during your interview, um, they're part of you know, that a whole family of companies that, that you're part of as well. Right, Point Blank Enterprises. Yep, Point Blank Enterprises. So, guys, welcome in. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, let's go around the table here. We'll start with David. Just uh, introduce yourself and... Uh, my name is David Fitz. I'm from Southern Illinois, and I'm a retired lieutenant with the Illinois State Police, and I now work for First Tactical. There you go. And I'm John. I'm the uh, director of event marketing for First Tactical, so I get to travel around the country and uh, see a lot of great people. There you go. You get the fun job, right? Exactly. <laughs> now, you're telling me you wear a lot of hats. What's your other hat? Uh, we're a, a small company, so uh, one of the things we all know that uh, September 11th is uh, coming up on Monday, yeah. and uh, I'll be heading back to uh, California. So on Monday, we're going to be feeding over 1,400 public safety um, people in Alameda County as part of Urban Shield and as part of the remembrance for the 9-11. September 11th. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Is that something you guys just started doing this year? Is that This the- will be the first year that we, we've done it under the first tactical banner. I mean, it's always, you, you know, part of our obligation as a brand um, is to look back to our brothers and say, hey, how can we be a good supplier to you? Obviously, we want to sell you stuff, mm-hmm. but beyond just selling you stuff, we have an obligation to you guys of how else and where else can we, we support you guys. And that's really part of our mantra is to listen. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things the uh, the sheriff and everybody for Alameda County said, hey, you know, the biggest expense we have is feeding all these guys. <laughs> um, and what can you do to help us? And we said, well, you know, believe it or not, we have a lot of restaurant background and we used to do a lot of catering. So we'd be we'd Very be happy nice. to do that for you guys. So we'll be feeding 1,400 people uh, on Monday. So I got to ask, what's the what's the restaurant background? So the Dan Costa, the gentleman who started First Tactical, is also the, the gentleman who started 511 Tactical. And I, I think the, the, the core DNA uh, of who we are, it goes back to the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- when was the last time you ever walked into a restaurant and they told you what you were going to eat? Right. You know, usually you walk in and you say, hey, you know what, I, I'd like to have a steak. I'd like to have it medium rare. You tell them what you want. Yeah. And it's funny. You listen to the customer, they tell you what they want, you go make it for them, you bring it out and give it to them, 
as a general rule, they're like, wow, this is really good. This is exactly what I wanted. Right. So just as you do that in a restaurant, that's exactly what we do here with First Tactical is we're solution providers. We, and that's why we come to events like this, mm-hmm. is to be able to, be able to look our, our, our customers right in the eye and say, what can we do? What do you, what do you need? What, what are you looking what, for? What yeah. isn't working? So the biggest thing for us is there's really three areas that we focus on. The guy has to be more comfortable in doing what he's doing. He has to be more functional in what he's doing. And most importantly for this community, they have to be safer in what they're doing. And that's part of the reason why we're excited about partnering with, with Point Blank is you look at what they do. Right. They make people safer. Yeah. So that's a, it's, a, it's a fun, you know, it makes us excited to get up in the morning and go to work because we get to do good things for good people. Very good, very good. So, uh, give us a little bit of history behind uh, First Tackle. You said uh, this is the guy who started Five Eleven. Correct. Okay. So basically, Dan sold. All, we sold Five Eleven back in uh, two thousand and seven, and Dan thought he was out of the tactical business, mm-hmm. but he wasn't out of business. So he started uh, another company called uh, Noble Outfitters, which is a, a, an outdoor uh, workwear equestrian company. Okay. And started, started doing that, and it's, it was amazing that how many people within the public safety community are also ranchers <laughs> and workers and horse owners. He just couldn't get away from it, could he? <laughs> and, and, and the guys would say, hey, Dan, you're, you're making stuff for people who ride horses. Why can't you come back and make stuff for us, too? Because we still need stuff. So that's how Five, our first tactical started two and a half years ago was we decided, hey, you know, there's enough people asking for us to come back in and, and continue to provide uh, services to, to the market. So that's why we started the company. Very cool. Now, did, did you start that with him? Correct. I've been, I, I've been privileged. I've worked for Dan for uh, here in about uh, three and a half months. I'll be celebrating my 25th anniversary. No, for, happy for, anniversary. For, for working for Dan. And if you work for Dan, uh, it's usually in dog years. <laughs> so that, I think that's about a 75-year career for most people. Well, yeah. But, but uh, you, you know, we, ha- we have a lot of fun in, in, in what we're doing. And we, we're, obviously we're passionate <laughs> yes. uh, about what we do. So yeah. it's... It, if you love what you're doing, are you really working? So well, that's that's that is the question, right? So uh, I've heard of you guys. It's been two or three years ago, maybe. So right. you guys, that's I guess that's maybe when you first started up. Correct. Started back Correct. up. Okay. Yeah, July fourth. You know, we, July 4th. We, we decided to pick a very appropriate date. So July fourth is is our is our birth date. Okay. So we figured that you know if, if the great nation that's perfect have, man if the great nation can have a great birth date, we, why we, can't we, you? Yeah. Exactly. It's easy to remember too, right? Exactly. <laughs> so tell us about some of the products that you guys have that you carry. So you know, again, we're we're solution providers. So we're always out there talking to the customer. What what is it that you you need? Mm-hmm. And usually, we when we when we're asking that, it, there it's usually they need a lot of things. So we usually focus back down to what are the top three things you need. And I was just showing a, a, a guy a pair of boots earlier, and I said, you know, when we were doing the boots. What, what's the thing that, that, that bothers you the most about the boots? And the number one thing we got was where, where the, the, the outsole laminates onto the upper has mm-hmm. a tendency to, to, to delaminate and separate. Right. So we just said, well, what happens if you stitch it? So if you look at all of our boots, that front toe and the, and the back heel are all stitched. Stitched instead of glued. So now you, you're not going to have a delamination issue. The, the next thing that everybody said was, hey, my, my shoelaces come untied. 
And we're like, okay, that's, that's not good. And they said, well, and the other thing is if their shoelaces aren't coming untied, they're getting snagged and caught up on things. So we actually made a barn to park the shoelace in. So now you, and you lace your shoe up, you tuck the shoelace into the barn, and your okay. shoelace never comes untied. Is that like a Velcro thing? or It's just, it's just a little sleeve that you can tuck, can, tuck, it in. can tuck it in. So there's nothing. Again, if you do Velcro, that becomes another snag yeah. hazard again. Because my boot laces are always way too long. You know, Correct. You've got all that extra material. You know, anyway, so I'm you know, usually tying it two or three times to try to, to cinch that up. But. And, and you're exactly who we were talking to because you, you've had, you, you, you right. personally have experienced the problem. Oh, I've experienced the other problem, too, of the, you know, the, the heel coming out of the, right. the base of the shoe. I mean, that, that seems to be like a really good pair of shoes that i still got some life in. That's usually what happens right. is they'll separate there first. Right. And, you know, then I can't use the shoes anymore, even though they still got some good life in them. It, and, and for us, again, that's, that's the, 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 the fun of it is you have the answer because you've, you, you've experienced the problem. Right. All we need to do is listen. That's, you know, again, it goes back to the steak. I'm not telling you how to cook the steak because you know you want your steak medium rare. Mm-hmm. But if I, so, again, it is that same philosophy of just going in, listening to the end user. What is it that you need? How, how, you know, how can we make you safer? Yeah. How can we make you more functional? But you guys are specializing in gear. Obviously, you're doing pants, you're doing shirts, gloves, outerwear, footwear, bags. Correct. All kinds of. And, and it's and it's funny because we didn't set out to be bag makers. Yeah. We didn't set out to be boot makers. We didn't. You know, we we, we actually. You know, I was telling you earlier, Dan didn't set out to be in this business again. But it's <laughs> again, it's just listening to 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 the end user, and I think that's where with Brian here. You know, the the, the biggest reason. For, for point blank and for first tactical to merge, it, it, it's, you know, what is the, the next level of duty uniform? And, and today, there, there is no true integrated system between body armor and apparel. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and where that becomes a, a, an issue is you look at a police officer that three years ago was issued body armor and it was an internal carrier designed to be worn tight to the body. Right. The department has decided, you know what, external carriers are, are okay, so now we're going to let guys go to an external carrier. They're staking that same body armor, and now they're putting an external carrier. Well, that guy, he's gained 30 pounds in those three or four years. Mm-hmm. So right. now, <laughs> hey, hey, David, I wasn't talking about you. David took that personal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so how do you, how do you integrate that? Because unfortunately what these guys do, it's dangerous. And so now you got a guy who's putting on body armor that's not configured the way it originally was. And when something happens, who's liable? And that truly has to date not been answered. Mm-hmm. And that's really with, with Point Blank and us is now to, to go out there and to create that integrated system that the, the, the uniform was designed in conjunction with the body armor so that however that, that officer, that deputy transfers and, mm-hmm. and, and utilizes that gear and equipment as a system it's a system and, and as whole. their career progresses too their uniform changes correct you know a lot of the times as well correct. in what their you know their roles are well and, and nowadays you know we, we were just talking about you, you know the the the, the 9 you know remembrance you think about what what did a the average police officer carry and do before 9 11 mm-hmm. and what does the average police officer carry and do today Nowhere near the same job. Yeah. It, it's not. I mean, you know, you look at active shooter, you, you just look first responder, you just look at all these things. 
those jobs are so different. And again, that's where our obligation comes back to listen, is as that officer, his duties change, his gear changes, we have to be there and understand, hey, the pocket needs to get a little bit bigger. I mean, you think mm -hmm. about your, your cell phones. Yeah, you know, his cell phones were getting smaller and smaller and smaller. If you remember Zoolander, you know the little phone that right. he had, you know, <laughs> trying try to talk on the phone. The world's greatest male model is back. Hey, handsome! Sweet, stupid Daruk. Calls will be answered. A tiny phone that is so retro. I'm gonna take a picture with my phone. Secrets will be uncovered. Why kill all those pop stars? You're asking me why I killed Justin Bieber. And you're thinking, is a phone really going to get that small? And now you look at look at the size. And they of just went opposite. They started <laughs> getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know, so now you have to change the pocket size again. But yeah. if you're not talking to the guy, saying, "Hey, what's what are you doing different? What are you carrying?" I mean, mm -hmm. you, you know, now the big thing for everybody is body cameras. How how where do you place a body camera? Right. You know, not even how do getting, you secure it? Yeah. And I'm not even going into all the legalities of who gets to see it and how it gets stored. I mean, just how does the guy wear it? Yeah. You know, so that's again, that's for us. That's always the fun, the challenge of it. You, you know, this this industry is not static. You know, what right. what, what what our customers do, it's not static. It's constant. well. Obviously, it sounds like them. I mean, you guys are are geared toward the law enforcement, military you know, type customer, but you're also, I mean, you also have products just for everyday Joes. You know, like myself that want cool, you know, rugged. Yeah, usable and, gear. And, and I think one, one of the things that, that, that we've learned o over the years, and, and besides, you know, First Tactical, we also have the, the Noble Outfitters brand, we also have, which is the, the, the workwear equestrian brand. Mm -hmm. We also have Sherpa Adventure Gear, so that's your, your outdoor and travel company, is to make sure that, that when you're making a product, you know, the outdoor guys need waterproof jackets, the, the, the equestrian guys need waterproof jackets, law enforcement and the fire EMS community. But other than the jacket being waterproof, there's a lot of other things that are specific to the LE community or specific to the outdoor community. I was talking to a, a gentleman earlier today, and he wants to be able to conceal carry and doesn't want to be obvious about it. And we were talking about... Which is why they call it concealed carry, right? <laughs> it's, well, you, you, you laugh, but how many, yeah. how many people have you seen? I mean, it, we're, we're talking about that. Of, you know, for me, one of the first tells is you, you come to something, is somebody's shirt now. Yeah. You, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, if you've, been, if you've done this, it's just one of those things that's just inherent to the way you operate. Mm -hmm. You are always coming in and check, okay, who's a threat? Who's not a threat? Why would I think he's a threat? So if it's concealed carry... Yeah, you don't want you don't want anybody, whether he's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, you don't or want a, to be printing. Yeah. yeah, you don't want a good guy or a bad guy under. You know, the the most your your shirt having the sheepdog on, on there. You, you know, that's who we are, the sheepdogs. You know, we we protect right. the people from the wolves. But you know, the average sheep doesn't he doesn't understand, and he's not looking for that. That's yeah. not it's not part of his DNA. Of the right. way when he walks into a room, he doesn't look for exits. He doesn't look. They don't even they're they're clueless. Situational you know. awareness is Correct. non-existent. Correct. <laughs> So that, again, it, it, I, I use the word fun a lot, but obviously we, we, we enjoy what we do. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a, like a fun job to have, definitely. Um, now, again, I'm going through your website here, and I'm seeing, I mean, you do have things available for sale. You've got pants, you've got shirts that people can go and buy now. They don't have right. to call you up and say, hey, I need a pair of pants. You're not custom making for every Correct. individual. Correct. You're, just, you're taking the pant and for... For this group, this industry, 
you're, you're putting Correct. the stuff in there that makes it more functional, more Correct. usable. Correct. And, and, gotcha. to, and to your point, whether, whether it's a, a police officer or a firefighter getting ready to go to work or whether it, it's somebody on a Saturday afternoon to go down and do a, an IPSC shoot or an IDPA, it's still a lot of it. There's, you know, as you're moving through the course of fire, you need to be functional, you need to be comfortable, and you need to be safe. Right. So those, you know, regardless of where, where it's actually used, it, the, 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 the same DNA is all there. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing for us by having the various brands is First Tactical is a public safety brand. That's, and that's what it is today, and that's what it's going to be going forward. We, Very don't, cool. we, we don't have to, to get bigger. We don't have to say, oh, we need to now sell in Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. Because we have other brands that we can do that with. So that way we can stay true to the core and just say, hey, you know, that is that, 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 that pocket is to hold an ASP. Right. You know, the average civilian would be like, what? Who? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> but, but to a police officer, they're, oh, I, yeah, thank you. I, I need that. Right. Yeah. That's perfect. You're not asking a lot of questions over there, dude. Come I'm, on, co-host. I'm, I'm listening. This Come is, uh, this is good is. information. It's very interesting, <laughs> yeah. So um, the website is firsttactical.com. Correct. Um, you guys are on social media as well, Facebook, Correct. Instagram, yep. all that. So uh, but the main place they want to go, uh, do you have dealers, or is this where they need to go, is your website so, to get the so for, product? Again, as we, as we listen to our customer, we started off for the first two and a half years. We have been a direct-to-consumer brand so that's mm-hmm. why to your point that the website and that's where where david comes in is to be able to go in and actually walk into an agency a department and show them firsthand you know the analogy i, I make is you look at the website and you look at a picture and it's two inches by two inches and i give you a catalog and the picture is two inches by two inches and you're like is that the right size bag right is that bag got good quality and that's really what 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 david brings to us is, is he has all those samples and he will come to the agency the department training day whatever and actually show the guys hey do i need a one day bag or do i need a half day bag with an extra pouch right and so that that's been the model and it's been okay but we just haven't been able to get enough davids around the country to to be able to fully implement that so part of our 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 new partnership with point blank is we will be converting to a a dealer model so here in the next couple of months, you will be able to start to, within select law enforcement dealers across the country, be able to walk in and see that pack firsthand, see where the stitching is, mm-hmm. see what the size is, be able to look at that pair of pants and say, hey, am I, am I a 36 or am I a 34? Right. You know, on the in, this, in this pair of pants. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. It's like every, every brand that I try on, I mean, I'm typically like a 33, but, you know, depending right. on what brand, it might be a 32 or it might be a 34. Correct. Know. Different ones. Well, and it's and it's funny. It's if you look at especially at, at civilian commercial retail, you go in. All the women's clothes are all on hangers. Yeah. And almost all the men's clothes are all folded. Right. That's because even today, sixty percent of all men's product is bought by the woman head of household. Whether huh. it's the man's clothes, the boyfriend's clothes, the son's clothes. So a woman will go into a store and she'll try stuff on. And they don't really get fixated on whether they're a size 6 or a size 8. All they know is they try a 6 on and an 8 on, and the 6 looks better, they buy the 6. Right. Well, the surest way to piss somebody off is that same woman <laughs> walked in there to buy herself the dress or the blouse or whatever, and she gets it, and she knows it fits. Mm-hmm. And her husband or her son said, hey, Mom, get me a, you know, a, a new polo. And she goes over and says, I think he's a medium. And she gets all the way back home. 
uh, sorry, honey, shirt doesn't fit. You got to go all the way back to the store. And oh, by the way, I was planning on wearing that shirt tomorrow because you know us, us guys. Oh yeah. We never plan ahead. So yeah. when I tell you have to buy a shirt, I want it because I'm wearing it tomorrow, which means <laughs> I can't. So I'm pissed. You're pissed. You got to make an extra trip. Right. So that's where on the men's sizing, it's very critical that we stay true to size, because even if you did go to the store to buy it, you're still not trying it on. Yeah. You're going to walk over. Well, I'm different. It. I try stuff on because I'm. <laughs> I don't I like bringing stuff back, you know. <laughs> I'll try it on. If it's good to go, it's good to go. I'll throw it in. I'll get a couple of pair or, you know, whatever. That way if something happens to the first pair, I've got a backup pair. So. Exactly. But when I find something that I like, I will buy a bunch of them. Well, and, Stock and, up. Because well, inevitably they always stop making them, you know. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, again, that's where, where women buy differently than men. If a guy finds a polo he likes – He'll have every color. Right. One of each color. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> see, you're a good guy. That's, that's what that I do. Mean, that makes sense. Did you but, see the shirt I had on yesterday? <laughs> and that's another great point about our company is almost every clothing apparel we have or item we have mm -hmm. is also featured in a female cut. Okay. So it's designed specifically for the female body. And that has made a lot of our female professionals extremely happy. Very nice. Well, I, 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 whenever I get to go in front of a uniform committee, I always love it when there is a woman on the uniform committee because I usually start the conversation off with, how many of us guys would come to work tomorrow in women's clothes? And usually around, oh, What's he talking about? Who's this guy? Then, Who let yeah, him in? And you're like, and how many of you women probably are wearing men's clothes right now? And the, the, right. Hand, the hand, so it's exactly what, what David is talking about. Is And, and obviously, I'm a, I'm a big guy, so I, I'm on the other end of the spectrum that we make talls and longs and, and all that right. for that same reason. Because I've been told for years, yeah, just put on a 2XL. It'll fit fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same thing. Uh, so let's talk about uh, each of you a little bit. Let's talk about some backgrounds. Sure. We've talked about years before, haven't we? Right. Do we right. get your, your background background? Uh, I'm talking about Bryant now. I, I don't recall. I don't, I don't recall if we did or not. Well, let's, let's do that. So let's get you, give me your background. So Marines, I uh, spent four years in the Marine Corps and then uh, decided to go into law enforcement after that. Spent 15 years with a, with a sheriff's office. And uh, somebody asked me the other day if I, if I retired. I said, no, I just got tired and decided to go do something else. <laughs> um, been in the body armor industry about nine years now. Okay. Uh, started with, uh, with a company called Protective Products. It was international at the time, and now that's one of the brands. Uh, it's, it's Protective Products Enterprises, but it's under the uh, Point Blank Enterprises gotcha. umbrella. So you didn't really change company. I, I never left. They just, just got assimilated. They just renamed us. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. How about you? So uh, I'm uh, prior Air Force. I was in the Air Force for a little over uh, five years, was okay. a medic, and uh, used the, uh, the, the service to, to, to pay for my college degree and all that type of stuff. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was a very good experience. And I've uh, been in the law enforcement service side of the, of the business for uh, a little over 17 years now. Okay. So you've been doing this a minute? Yeah. Quite a bit. In the Air Force, did, what did you do in the Air Force? I was a medic. You're a medic? Correct. Okay. I did air base ground defense. Do you guys do, because um, we were talking about this, the importance of um, first aid and knowing first aid and carrying the proper kit for that, with, you know, carrying your IFAC around. And, um, do you guys offer any of those products? That's, and it's interesting you say that. Some of, the, of our newest items geared a little bit more specifically to the, the fire and EMS side of it as we, we just introduced two new uh, jump bags. Okay. And uh, that was really the, the, the biggest thing there is listening to 
all the problems that they were having with the, the current general design of the jump bags and, and, and how we could make them more efficient, more effective. And the way we can compartmentalize what we found is you go across the country, no two agencies or departments kit out the bag the same. You have, you have some agencies, they do one bag and they shove everything in it. You have other agencies that do two bags. You have some agencies that are only BLS, some agencies that are BLS, ALS. And so we really found that we had to compartmentalize and really allow the, the departments to reconfigure and kit out the bags as, as they need. And part of that comes in, uh, some of our small bags are, are Velcro, so they're clear on the front so you can put stuff inside it, but mm -hmm. you can see what's inside of there, especially when you start talking um, things that have code dates. So you can go in, you can barcode that, you can see the code dates without having to open up the, the bags and pouches. Nice. We have different yeah. color ties. So again, you can, you can have a primary bag and a secondary bag and the ties on the secondary bag yeah. tie back to the primary bag. And where we've really found that is most important now whether it's active shooter or mass casualty response, is most everybody is going in with initial supply, and that's good for a patient, two patients, but it, very quickly you run out of, you know, IV solutions, right. you run out of certain basic meds, basic, you know, bandages, is to be able to go back in and have a second-tier kit that follows back in that you can quickly disperse back out to the various right. teams and they know, oh, that's, that, that's got a red tab on it, that goes back to my trauma kit. Oh, that's got a blue tab on it, that right. goes back to my, my IV. So again, it makes it very easy for them to, yeah. to go I'm familiar back. with the color tab. Uh, one of your competitors, uh, this company, <laughs> uh, who is that? VanQuest. See how I've got the, yep. the little different color tags on there? So yeah, I thought that was uh, a great idea. So I, li I like the the color tag system and, and what i like about it is like we, we one of the pouches that that we we do a lot of the guys will put it in their patrol bag mm -hmm. so i can i can tell you i don't even i don't even know you we come up on an automobile accident i can say hey go back to my my passenger side in my red. patrol bag yeah. grab the bag that has the red tabs you very easily don't have to rummage around in my bag you don't have to look around and you know exactly right. what it is you're supposed to get so again, it's just all that, that. Again, it goes back to more functional and safer. There you go. Very good, David. A little background on you. All right. Um, you you hit us earlier with some. Go back a little further. All right. I was in the Army Reserves for six years. All right. And then after that, I was a deputy sheriff at the Williamson County Sheriff's Department in Marion, Illinois. Okay. And after that, then I did almost twenty-four and a half years with the Illinois State Police. Nice. So where the uh, what part of Illinois were you in mainly? Uh, a town called Marion. Is that where's that close to? Uh, it's about 15 minutes from Carbondale, and okay, Car I know where that is. That's a little bit better. That's south. It is south. Okay, we're, southern Illinois. We're about 45 minutes north of the Kentucky border. Okay, very good. Well, I'm from the Nashville area, so we're close, not uh, too Nashville. far away. Yeah. Oh yeah. So how did you get involved with First Tactical? By accident, actually. By accident. I. I'd been retired for almost a year, and I was sitting around the house, and I uh, was on the computer, and this first tactical popped up on my screen, and any time a word tactical shows up, it catches my eye. Yeah. So I saw it and saw they were looking for people to be reps for their company, so I sent my resume in. and Bada-bing, bada-boom. That's right. There you are today. Yeah. And how long have you been with them? I've been with them for two years this month. Two years. Okay. So you got a little anniversary coming up. That's correct. The 16th, I believe, is when I started. Okay. So what do you give your employees for their anniversaries each year? 
<laughs> Pat on the back. <laughs> Continued employment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very good. Now, do you guys have anything new, exciting coming out that you uh, want to want to tell us about? Well, on the on, more on the LE side, and I, and I think for for maybe a lot of your listeners, um, we we have what we call our new Defender series. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a a shirt and a pant. Okay. And uh, the 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 biggest thing that uh, again we go back to the three things. What you, you know, if, if we're going to make something, what what are the three most important things that that we need to address to make this a better product for you? So the the the, the most important thing we heard was. We want to have something that is going to be very, very comfortable in hot weather, humid weather. So it needs to be very breathable and it needs to be wicking. Um, that seems to be the, uh, the, the motif nowadays, is the, the wicking. Yeah. Well, and, you, and you say that, but if you look at it, most all the pants and product in our, in our line beyond the Defender series mm-hmm. has a, a repellency story so whether it's you know the nanotechnology is teflon or whatever it is it's to so that it doesn't stain it doesn't you know absorb water whatever right. water and, repellent and mm-hmm. so in, in many cases that's rip good. stop yeah. that that you know the repellency story is good for certain applications but what ends up happening is just as that 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 nanotechnology repels the water outside of your body it also Holding repels, it inside. Exactly. And so what ends up happening is that holds your sweat and it holds the heat against your body. So with the Defender series, it's predominantly cotton, so it's going to be very breathable. Mm-hmm. It has nylon in it, so it's going to be very actively drawing the moisture and the heat away from your body, both in the shirt and in the pant. So, again, it's going to make you more comfortable when you're out there. Uh, the next thing that the guys told us is, and if you watch a, a tactical officer today putting on all the point-blank body armor, there's a lot of stuff. They do drop sleeves. They do groin protection. And they're like, hey, you guys put like 27 pockets on my stuff. Right. And I kid up, and I can't, can't get, get to any, them. <laughs> I can't get to any of the pockets. So wh- why put all the pockets on there if we can't get to them? So that was the next thing that we addressed is, okay, where and how do we need to position the pockets mm-hmm. so that the operator can be kitted up and still have the, the functionality of, of the pocket? So there's a lot of innovation there, you know, of, of how we've done that. And, again, pull tabs that being oversized because, again, the, the guys are generally putting on gloves. Right. So now you lose some dexterity so you can't have just a, a zipper because they're yeah. not going to be able to find that zipper tab. So you got hardier tabs. Correct. Nice. And, and so that, that's, you know, so those were the, 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 the biggest things on there was, you know, hey, we, we, we need to be more comfortable. And, and, again, we need to be more functional. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the. I'm all about the, uh, the, the breathable materials nowadays because right. I hate, you know, sweating. You know, right. I hate getting hot. I hate being uncomfortable like that. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're in a car or, you know, something like that, you know, how your butt gets all, you know, kind of. Right. If you get that kind of material on, it's a lot more comfortable Correct. too. Well, it was it was funny. I was just up in Connecticut for the Connecticut SWAT Challenge a couple of weeks ago, and the first day, man, it was miserable. Blistering. It yeah. was like ninety five degrees, ninety five percent humidity, and, and I'm standing in the in a tent, and I've got a polo shirt on and tactical pants. And I'm standing there, and the sweat is running down my arms and dripping <laughs> off my fingers. And I'm looking at these poor guys getting all kitted up, and they're going through course of fire. Yeah. I'm like, holy moly. 
And so we had one, one of the teams there was the, the first ones to actually have our Defender product, and they, and they okay. ran their scenario through it. And so about 15 minutes after they, 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 they did their course of fire, one of the guys I'm talking to him, I said, what do you think about this shirt? And he's like, what do you mean? I go, tell me about the shirt. And he goes, I, I don't understand what you I said, feel the shirt. And he's like, yeah, what about I said, dude, it's dry. It's not wet. <laughs> he's like, wow. You didn't even notice, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and I go, if you were in anybody else's shirt, what he goes, oh, we would have taken the shirts off immediately and had them on hangers and hanging them underneath the tent, trying to get them right. dry enough to be able to put them back on to go do, do to do the next scenario. Nice. So I'm looking. I'm on your website right now, and I'm looking at the uh, the pants. Um, but you got shirts also. Correct. Let me look at your shirts here in the Defender series. Now, do you do these for men and women? Right now, we're only doing the Defender just in a men's silhouette. Okay. One of the things that uh, that you know, I, I tell everybody at our core, we're really simple guys. So we have a very complex uh, mission statement. Mm-hmm. The mission statement is four words long. The first word is the word listen. So that to us is the most important word for us is to listen to our customer. Mm-hmm. The next thing of, you know, the, the DNA that we bring is to engineer the product. And then the, the third thing is to field test it. So anytime we bring out a product, we may make 50 of something, 100 of something. We'll put it on and give it to select people across the country, around the world, and have them go bang it about and let us know. And then whenever we first come out with product, we always come out with a very limited run on it because we know no matter how much prior field testing we've done, no matter anything else, there's always going to be a couple of comments that come back man, if you just did this, it'd be right. that much better. You need to make the pocket just that, this much bigger or whatever. So we're, we, we've just recently got the Defender product in, and we'll, we'll be out of stock of that in this first cut very quickly. But in that second cut, there's going to be you have one a second generation. or two things that's just going to make it A little that, bit different, exactly. a little bit better. Exactly. A little bit more better. So I'm looking at the shirt right now, and... Uh, it looks nice. I mean, you got it available in three different colors and then multicam also, right? Correct, correct. Okay. And yep. what it is is like a quarter zip. If I get the picture back here so we can describe it for our, our listeners. The interwebs isn't working. But it's got the pockets on the sleeves, high on the sleeves. Well, the biggest thing we did on, on the, the pocket, shoulder area, the, the pockets on the sleeves is, is pretty much everybody else's pocket is a top load, a top dump pocket. Mm-hmm. And even with no kit on, that's ergonomically as hard to get your hand into that pocket. So the biggest thing we did on ours is it's a side zip. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody does have, you, you know, the, the drop shoulder armor on, they can still, again, gain access to the pocket. But even with nothing on, ergonomically, they can still gain access and, and reach into that pocket. So that, that's that's the biggest change pocketing-wise on the shirt. The, the, the second thing that we did to the shirt is some guys have six-pack abs, and they can walk around with a compression shirt on and get away with it. Yeah. Most all of us are not so blessed, <laughs> and it doesn't always look very good. So rather than doing the, the shirt body as a compression fit, it's fit more like a, a polo, like you're wearing. So mm-hmm. again, it's designed that hey, you're a little out looser and stuff, but it still is very. It's uh, all the wicking treatment. The, mm-hmm. the biggest thing there is it's Velcro resistant, so you're not going to get all the, the snags and tags. Because again, when the guys are kitting up yeah. nowadays, Velcro is Velcro's everywhere. Velcro is everywhere. Yeah. 
And then on the side panel, that panel there is all nylon. That is absolutely, totally Velcro proof. Okay. Because that's where the and biggest You're on the side, the rib area Correct. right there. Okay. And then underneath your armpit is the fourth type of fabric, and that is actually a really lightweight mesh because where's the first place we all sweat? Yeah. In our armpits. Pits, yeah. Pit it out, man. <laughs> so, again, it just goes back to understanding, you know, all that comes back to, a, a comfort standpoint. How, right. you know, how do we make you? Because again, the guy standing there, he's all kitted out. You know, what, what would you say the average guy kitting out today? Sixty pounds of gear. Some, somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, your, your body armor, you know, tactical body armor can can get upwards of uh, you know, 25, 30 pounds, and that's before you start adding ammo and and so on. Yeah. And the sleeves on these are is a ripstop material, so it's very durable in the sleeves. Right. Yeah, it looks like a good shirt. I'm, I'm digging it. I'd like to give I, me one of those. I was fortunate enough to spend about 15 years with the Illinois State Police SWAT team. And if we would have had this. Mm-hmm. Been a lot more comfortable. Oh, absolutely. We, we wore the old flight suits. They didn't oh, breathe. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this. Um, my new guest, and did I ask you new guy questions? Did we do that with you, Brent? I don't, I don't know that you did. All right. Um, well, I'll do it with you now. So. <laughs> There's a lot of questions that I have for new guys on the show, and it's just more to get to know you know the background and a little more about you about yourself. But I'm not going to go through the whole line of questions. There's several questions. It'll take take a little more time, but I'm going to hit you guys with a couple of them right now. Um, when when your earliest recollection of shooting a firearm? How old were you, and what were you shooting? Who wants to take it, David? Uh, let's see. The first thing I shot was probably a. Uh Probably a 12-gauge shotgun, and I was probably about 12. About maybe. 12 with the 12-gauge? With the Went hunting with the dad. And nice. And what, do you remember, you remember shooting it? I do remember Your reaction? <laughs> Blew my shoulder halfway off. Your eyes got that big? <laughs> and I guarantee you I didn't hit what I was aiming at. <laughs> probably not. Now, do you still have that shotgun? I do not. You don't? No. What was the, uh, the first gun that you could say that, was your own that you went out and you spent your own money on 357 magnum revolver there you remember you still have it yep still got it to this good, day good gun nice doesn't have the as many rounds as i would like to have because i shoot till i'm dry yeah but it never failed there you go very good what about you john uh i would say i was probably about 12 years old and it was the uh, the family 22 the family 22 sitting out on uh, grandma's uh porch and Shooting at the uh, the shooting pine tree the branches. Oh no, we, we shot at pine tree <laughs> at branches. pine tree branches. Yeah, that's that's that was always our bet. It was we we picked a, a pine oh, okay. tree branch to to shoot, and whoever was the first one to shoot it didn't have to do chores. Nice. So there was competition was always early in the family. There you go. Did you still have that twenty two? Uh, the family still does. Yeah. Nice. We still, we still have our family farm in, in Illinois, so it's okay. It's still, still, it was never my gun. It was the family gun, so it's still. Now, did you did you take your children out there and do the the same thing? I've done. I, I, my 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 kids have never been to the to the family that family farm because oh, it's, okay. not, it's not. That's my mom's side of the family, so it's yeah. not. The, but yeah, my kids, my my son and I shoot. You know, he shoots a lot more than I do because yeah. he's home a lot more than than I am. Yeah, very good, Bryant. So I I, I got to answer this in two different ways um, because it wasn't a firearm per se, but my uh, this actually caused some I think some family turbulence back when it happened <laughs> okay. my grandfather gave me a bb gun when i was three years old nice um I, i'm not sure that my mom Go and were big big fans of that but um it kind of set me on a path of, of being involved in, in firearms and so on and i uh, i was just sharing the story with somebody the other day because they 
they being my father and my grandfather, taught me how to line the sights up by taking a piece of copper tubing and taping it on top of the, the BB gun um, in between the rear sight and, and the yeah. front sight and taught me to look down that copper tubing and you know, line the sights up and so on. But then uh, I've not heard of that before. At the, that's, at the ripe old age of technique. seven, um, my grandfather uh, presented me with a uh, 20 gauge shotgun. Nice. Um, and I uh, first time I shot that, I, I had a similar experience. It was uh, you were a man. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it let me know that it was not a BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> and do you uh, still have that one? I do still have that one. Nice. What kind of? Do you remember what it? Uh, it's H and R Topper Junior. Okay. Very cool. And do you have children? I do. Okay. Two daughters. Do they? Do you take them out shooting? Do they shoot? I, or are they girly girls? Um, no, they uh, they, <laughs> they both shoot. I uh, it, it's not a, a hobby per se for them, but they uh, they know how. Yeah. Um, they're not knocking on my door saying, "Dad, take me shooting on a regular basis." I guess they uh, they certainly know how to do it. Yeah. So if you could spend the day at the range with anyone, whether they're um, alive, fictional character, uh, or dead, if you go back in history. Group of people. Who would you like to spend the day at the range with? Go with you, John. Well, I've I, I've been privileged. I, I've actually spent a day on the range with Kyle Lamb. And, okay. Uh, that was I, I, one. I don't get to shoot as often as I would like, so I'm not that good of a shot. But it, you, you spend a day with, with Kyle, you realize really how poor of a shot you are. Yeah. Kyle <laughs> lives lives uh, in Tennessee. Ah. He's just down the road. Well, I say down the road. It's like three hours away from from where I live, but. Uh, our three-gunner that we sponsor, Casey Griggs, um, he's down there in his area, and he's, he's done a lot of things with uh, Mr. Lamb. Yeah. yeah, Very cool. David? I, I think I'd like to spend some time with SEAL Team 6. The whole team. All of them. Nice. That's the first time anybody said that. First time anybody said Kyle Lamb, too. So. Those are the first time. Is there any particular reason? You just think it would be cool as hell? I just think it would be cool as hell. Nice. Very good. Bryant? So I've, I've had the benefit of, of being the last one to answer this question, and I've been running scenarios through my mind trying to think of a good answer, and I, uh, I honestly don't know if there's somebody in particular that I would, uh, would call out. I think um, Fictional just, character? Yeah, just... Uh, historical you know, any, figure? I, I love spending time at the range. I don't get to do it as often as I would like, as you mentioned, John, but um, I think so with anyone that is proficient, because <laughs> um, I think we've all had those experiences where you've been at a range with somebody that doesn't know what, the, what they're doing and, yeah. and, and how that can work out. So, um, yeah, just anybody that's proficient and, and knows what they're doing. What would you like to get more proficient in? Is your your handgun skills, your rifle skills, long-range skills? I think the um, long-range skills for me, mm-hmm. um, I, I've spent a lot more time with, with handguns than I have with, with long-range shooting. Yeah. And I've... Uh, I've recently got interested in that. And, and well, I then you I'm need not. to start listening to the podcast because that's what I've been doing recently is um, I'm getting more into the long range. And so my shows have been revolving more around like sight, you know, the sights, the scopes, you know, the different ammunition type you know, to be able to go long range. So. Yeah. Well, Brian, I think the guy that you would want to spend the day at the range, free ammo. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you know him? Um, if, I, if I could get a number, I'd absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, the owner of an ammunition company is who I would like to uh, yeah. serve with. Exactly. Well, very good. Did we cover everything that you guys want to talk about oh. with First Tactical? Uh, more than that, thank you. I did want to ask one question, and I, I never um, got yeah. the chance to, to plug it in at the right time. But I, uh, this is something that I learned from Dan, and it speaks to what you guys are talking about as far as um, 
you know, really paying attention to the fact that, you know, women are, are different in the way you have to fit them for clothing, right? Men's clothing doesn't necessarily work for them. Um, and it was a, something that Dan shared with us about gloves. And uh, I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about. You probably do. So can you, can you tell that story? Well, and it's funny because it goes back to when, when Dan had Noble Outfitters because how he got into the equestrian stuff was a friend of his daughter said, Dan, I understood in your other business you made good gloves, you made good socks, and we can't get good gloves and good socks in the equestrian business. And Dan was like, well, why is that? And the girl goes, well, frankly, because everybody makes gloves and socks for guys. They don't make gloves and socks for women. Mm-hmm. And Dan's like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, look at your finger, look at my finger. You know, men's fingers are longer in some instances and Thicker. shorter. Mm-hmm. And, things. And, and so we literally started making a women-specific glove for, for Noble Outfitters. And we can't keep them in stock because women are like, wow, these actually fit. We got a glove that fits, yeah. Well, now you take that to a, a woman, and she's been wearing a man's glove for years, and she goes to put finger on trigger... She can't do it because the glove doesn't fit her right. If you look at the average woman, she has a pooch at the end of her trigger finger because the the, the glove isn't a women's glove. Mm -hmm. Imagine all of us trying to pull a trigger with a a pooch at the end of our... The extra material, yeah. None of us, we, we wouldn't put up with it. No, I mean, that's dangerous, too, because, I mean, you can catch that on the trigger and it can hang up. and Or, or you can't get it through the guard or what, right. what you, you know. So, again, that's... Cause malfunctions, yeah. yeah. So, again, to, to your point. But the other thing, I, and you talked about that as a woman on the range, from the way a woman has a hip, if you, if you stand on a, on, a, on a line, you watch most guys because we're straight up and down. When we draw a weapon, we're drawing the weapon straight up and down and out. It's easy to punch out. A woman, because of the way their hips curve, most of a women's holsters are at an angle, at mm-hmm. a cant that, that's coming back into their body. So most women lean away from their weapon to be able to draw and clear their weapon and now have to come back on center before they punch out. Makes sense. It yeah. doesn't make sense. I mean, but, that makes sense but, what but, you're saying. Yeah. But, but, and that's why you see so many now of the manufacturers, they do a little bit of an offset. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, now the women's weapon is straight up and down and now that takes that movement yeah. out i think we're starting to see a lot of manufacturers that are just like you guys they're starting to pay more attention to what the women's needs are in this industry because that's the biggest fastest growing demographic in this industry are women now correct yeah so it's about time exactly <laughs> well very good guys i enjoyed this so much i appreciate you taking the time to be on um, whenever you've got new products or you know news that you need to drop, make sure you uh, come to Talking Lead and uh, let us be your exclusive uh, uh, source. Absolutely, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. Thank, thank you, you. Brian. Thanks for being on again, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks I'll for having me. I'll have you back as a co-host sometime. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> you need to come to ITOA. What, what's that? That's the Illinois Tactical Officers Association. It's okay. In, oh, in November in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it off air. Sounds good. Very good. All right, right, Leadheads, that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Show. Hope you guys enjoyed all the interviews that we brought you from the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association Conference this year. Uh, Great line of interviews. Uh, These last ones especially, like to thank Ron Carson with Cool Action Suits, uh, the guys over at Livingston Federal, Matt Bumstead and Glenn Livingston, and the guys over at First Tactical, John Christ and David Fitz. 
Lots more great interviews coming up, Leadheads. We've got a lot of traveling that we're going to be doing uh, over the next week. We're going to be down at the Big 3 East media event. Lots of great coverage from that. And then we're going to jet on up to Georgia, and we're going to be at the IREC Veteran 8888 annual YouTube shoot. So lots and lots of great interviews coming up for you guys. Stay tuned. And as I promised last episode, we are giving away the next Tactical Squirrel box. And we are pulling this winner from iTunes. I said I was going to go through and we're going to pick some more recent feedback that we've got. And the winner is going to be JBlackP2P. JBlack left us a rating and some and a review on iTunes and his review says every time I listen I learn something new over the years this podcast has progressed from a great source of information to an exceptional learning tool if you need down to earth practical gun knowledge look no further thanks for the very useful information and great guest host I've heard every episode wow it's a lot I mean, we're on 218 uh, and we've had a few peppered in between there. So awesome. Appreciate you tuning in weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, and uh, hanging with us through the tough times there, J Black P2P. Get in touch with us. Send me an email at talkinglead at gmail.com with your contact information, and we'll make sure that you get that tactical squirrel box full of awesome goodies. So if you'd like to win some cool swag, Make sure you guys go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review there, and I will be checking those reviews periodically and picking winners at random. If you've got nominations for the Jack Wagon Train, or you've got some cool facts to fight the myths, or if there's a, a cool topic or guest that you'd like to have on the show, shoot us an email at talkinglead at gmail.com, and we'll do our best to make that happen for you leadheads. Also, quick note on the Leadhead Logo Contest voting. Uh, James ran into some issues with his survey monkey. He's working those out. Um, soon as that gets up, I'll be posting it, letting you guys know so you can vote from those three finalists on our next t-shirt and patches that we're going to be doing with 1776 United. So stay tuned for that. Again, thanks for tuning in and all the support that you guys give us. Make sure that you support those who support this show as well. Right on Optics at RightOnUSA.com Frontier Tactical, FrontierTactical.com, X-Steel Targets, XSteelTargets.com, Modern Spartan Systems, ModernSpartanSystems.com, Glock, US.Glock.com, and High Threat Concealment. Make sure you guys check them out at HighThreatConcealment.com. And then our official lead quarter sponsor for the 2018 SHOT Show, Keltec. Check them out at KeltecWeapons.com. And as always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close and, and your firearms, firearms closer.